Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast. Starring Chris Brockman. When it comes to determining the, the favorite team of your kids, your kids really don't have free will unless they're actively rebelling against you. But you know what? I really didn't like my dad, so I started rooting for the Dodgers. Chris Law. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Martini <laughs> in and three olives in it. It was a hot day, so I went to hydrate myself at the, at the bar, and he walks up with his martini. He goes, Barry, they tell you this drink was for me? Barry goes, yes, Mr. Pesci. He goes, it's fucking awful. <laughs> do I make eye contact? Do I keep looking forward? I, I just don't know what to do. And then he looks at me, and he goes, nice fucking beard. <laughs> and here is your host, Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. What better way to welcome you to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, post-Memorial Day weekend 2014, getting on the cusp of June of the 2014 calendar year. Then a, Gregor- a Gregorian chant open <laughs> I mean. by uh, one of our listeners from uh, Central Europe. Yes, Ivan, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was N- Ninchkovich. Ivan, I don't have it in front of me, is his name. <laughs> That's what the now officially, is. yes. Yeah, yeah. What better way to welcome you into the latest edition of the Rich Eisen podcast than that? Good to see both of my Chris's. Chris Law, good to see you. Rich, good to see you. And Chris Brockman, good to see Gentlemen, you. Gentlemen, what's cracking? Well, what is cracking? I don't know. Um, still in a holding pattern here on this program. We are uh, after a week off. Yeah. Good job on the best of. It was fun. Thank you. Great time. We had a fun time. And thank you, everyone, for the feedback. Yeah, tons of great feedback. Yeah, really appreciate that. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised you actually went ahead and did it, Law. I'm, yeah? Yes. When, when, I, when, when the tweet came out last week, when I was in the midst of traveling a little bit um, uh, for the good people of Courtyard by Marriott, you know, with whom I have a, a very nice relationship. Absolutely. Um, and then it came out on Tuesday that uh, that you went ahead and did it. You actually went ahead and how many clips did you in fact oh, pull? I think I pulled about eighteen or nineteen. There was a couple Damn. we didn't even get to. Like I had Gabrielle Reese on Dion Sanders. That's right. That's right. Uh, him, her telling him that he was a bad man and was gonna, you know, there's better people in the draft, but he was gonna go higher. Is there enough for another one? Oh, we could definitely do another oh, one oh, at no another question. point in time. Because there, think, think about all the people that we didn't include. Well, because there's going to be some times coming up in the next few weeks where I'm tapping out again. I'm tapping out again? Yeah. No, there's definitely. I mean, we, we didn't get you know, to maybe the, Maybe a July 4th edition. Maybe that's a best of July 4th where you got a month to pull stuff. I went to game four of the Kings and uh, Blackhawks series Monday night. Yeah. Standing there waiting for. I went with uh, our good friend of the program, Colin Hanks, and his wife, Susie, oh, my yeah. wife. We all went sort of a sort of a couples thing. Oh, a little double date action. Yeah. Ran into Aaron Andrews there. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, of course. You know, uh, Miss uh, Darren Stahl, correct? Yes. Jarrett Stahl. Jarrett Stahl. 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 Yeah. yeah, did I yeah, say yeah. Darren? Yeah. Transposed. Jeez, the damn. End. Yeah, I'm a big Kings fan. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jarrett Stahl. I know it's Jarrett. She was there. There's, like, there's like 14 Stone Street. Stone Street was there, too. And um, at any rate, long story short, is uh, I'm standing at the top of the gate, you know, of the uh, the tunnel uh, in the atrium wait, waiting for Colin. And Is this at Staples? Yeah. Okay. 
and a guy in a head to toe in Blackhawks gear with his two little boys in Blackhawks gear looks at me and goes, because, you know, I guess he knew I was rooting for the Kings, and he said, keep it up, you're going to lose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. And I'm thinking that certainly since that came from a July 4th trip two years ago. Yeah. Can you believe that's two years old, that wow. story coming up? Absolutely not. That maybe that should be part of a... A best of, a best yeah. of retelling that story. There, uh, clearly, the Cannavale Jeter story that you just re-aired ugh. this past week—that might be. Uh, I went. I went back. The and, fan favorite story for sure. I went back and it, listened to that whole episode again. It, it's so good because just you, because you tell your Mattingly story and you're Dirty Baseball. No, no, <laughs> and you then, say that, and then he woo! goes into the Jeter one. Oh, I was. I yeah. enjoyed that. Derek, turn around. Turn around, man. He goes, bro, I hear you. Bro, I hear you. It is fantastic. The rap with iced tea, like yeah. that was a fun thing a to, to go back and listen well, to. Well, I mean, it was great. And um, and I know it was a great idea, certainly since uh, Susie said, that's one I think I would want to listen to. <laughs> It's not that she's going to listen to she, it. She won't listen to it. She'd be th- like, you know theory, what, I'd love to. Well, I mean, want to listen well, And to as it. you guys saw firsthand on uh, Memorial Day Sunday yes. when you came over, you with your lovely wife, Chris Law, yes, and Brockman with uh, with, with his cookies and um, <laughs> pasta pesto dish. Pesto pasta. Pesto pasta. Very appropriate things to bring. Thank you. Not like very Tupper, appropriate. Not Tupperware wrapped. That's correct. You actually, Brockman came correct coming to the house. Very correct <laughs> coming to the house. Yes. And uh, but you saw firsthand why Susie's not listening to too many podcasts, right? Or me. <laughs> they are running around. The three endlessly. of them, and you were there for a major moment. Yes, major moment. That a was, major that was moment. So cool. Wasn't it great? So cool. My oldest son Xander lost his first tooth. Biting on corn. Biting on a giant hunk of corn on the couch. This is how little I know about kids. Chera goes, oh, that's probably his the first tooth he's yeah. going to lose whenever it was loose. I'm like, first tooth? He probably lost a f- first tooth three years ago. What are you talking about? I'm and thinking now like, suddenly and, you're the asshole. And suddenly I'm the big time. She's like, I, one of you guys correct me like, nope, this will be his first tooth. <laughs> no, it was. I don't know anything his about His first tooth. That was a big moment. Yeah. He took it like a champ, too. He did. He manned up. Yeah, it was a little bloody. You know what I mean? It was a little blood. Oh, you had some blood on the shirt? Yeah, I, was, yeah, I had blood on my <laughs> shirt. Blood on the shirt? Because I picked him up and Hundreds I closed the stuffing out of him. That was a great moment. So you guys stuff. were there. But anyway, you're, you're, you're seeing why Susie was, can only yes. say that she would want to. Because now she's finished with Breaking Bad. She wants to hear the uh, the Vince Gilligan one. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So... There's you know. uh, if we do do another one, I'm sure listeners have some no, of no, their not favorite if. We should. moments. We should because so, there's more. So we'll do something where they they can tweet us some of yeah. the, the bites, and we'll go pull them, and then you know, I think what was interesting for probably some of the listeners was hearing some of the backstory behind some of the interviews too, or the the guest appearances. Well, well done, boys. Yeah, I got a lot of tweets of wow, didn't realize I'd been listening that long. You know, yeah. people with us from the beginning, just like we had, kind of forgotten some of those great moments. Yeah, and we've passed fourteen. Over and four, a half over million downloads for the history half, of the show. Fourteen and a half million downloads. We'll we'll hit five hundred or we'll hit fifteen million this this summer. This summer, yeah, for sure. And um, we started in two thousand ten. Yes, at the outset of the twenty ten season. Is that true? September of two thousand ten. Yeah, with Dan Patrick and Ray Lewis, the that, first guests, and now the the latest show with guests in studio, Jerry Ferrara. Of Entourage. Yes, our pal Jerry. And I'll have to thank him for my Entourage cameo. Wait a minute. I didn't get one. Didn't get one. We'll have we're, to. Uh, our plan last week was we're going to really push Jerry for a premiere invite to kind of make up for that. <laughs> to make up for that. Okay. 
We can work on that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our friends, the Sklar Brothers. Oh, I nice. appeared in their comedy special that's on Netflix that people should download. Oh, right? excellent. We'll talk about that. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. Teddy Bridgewater. H2O. Teddy, H- Teddy B-H2O. Fresh off of the uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, OTAs. Little first team reps, actually. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, even though Mayock said that he's the guy with most polishing that needs to be done before starting in the NFL, he might get that chance. Well, it's just funny to see the Vikings kind of handle this quarterback situation when a team a little southeast of them handling it very differently. Well, because they have two different guys. Bridgewater, who we're going to talk to again uh, on the phone, um, if you're not aware, the first thing he did was move to Minnesota. Immediately. Immediately. And I want to talk to him about that. And again, Johnny Manziel, the person to whom you're referring to, and the, 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 the Browns, it's just no matter what happens with him, it's news. No matter what he does, no matter what's done with him. Let's start with that part first. Sure. What's done with him, he's getting third team reps. He's watching Tyler Thigpen take more reps. Johnny Football is watching Tyler Thigpen, who was signed signed just last month when the Browns were kicking the tires. They had Vince Young there for a cup of coffee. Right. And all the Ohio State fans or the Ohio fans there are joking. That's, that's, uh, that's punishment for you beating Ohio State back when you were in Texas. Is that the Browns throw them a lifeline for a grand total of 10 days, essentially, or less than that. Yeah. And then the drafting of Manziel is what forced the, the release of him. Yeah. But anyway, Tyler Thigpen, it's not like Thigpen's been around there like Hoyer. Right, and Hoyer hasn't been around there very long either. That's the either. thing. Hoyer's only started three games, three and zero. But but you cannot you cannot just hand something to anybody anymore unless it's luck or RG three, right? And even then, you have to make some sort of a show that he's earning it. Sure. But Manziel's getting thirteen reps, and I was on Dan's show, our good buddy DP, and I made the analogy that it struck me. It, it looked. Like <laughs> They're slapping the puppy over the nose with a newspaper to make sure he doesn't poop in the wrong place. Yeah. Essentially. Well, he pooped in the wrong place this weekend. And that's the point. <laughs> is but, that but the news? He, hold on a minute. Is the, is the news that he makes outside of it? It's what is done with him that's news. If he got first team reps, that would be news. If he got third team reps as he's been getting, that's news. And what's doing? what's he doing himself? Hanging out in Vegas with Gronk. Instagramming photographs of him with all sorts of manners of hot chicks. Right? In bikinis. Yep. And Dana White. It looked like one of those, one of those yeah, Dana White. He was at the UFC fight. Well, that's fine. I don't, I, that, that sort of thing is, that happens. But if you're the face of a franchise, you know, here you go. If you're the face of a franchise, or you're going to be the savior of a franchise, do you go ahead and go to what? Was that rehab or whatever the heck that, that's called? That that pool party in Vegas? Is that what he was at? It looks like it. I don't know. That's at the hard rock. He was not I, at the hard rock. Or what I would imagine that looks like. If that's rehab, Rich, sign me up for some rehab. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, is that the way you should be going about your business? Larry Fitzgerald came on the show two shows I ago. Actually have two the sound, episodes I actually have the sound bite of it, yeah. Of what he said about not, he, not being a... a a, taking a cameo role offered of to him yeah, it in be Boardwalk Nucky, Empire. Nucky Thompson. No, he'd be Chalky White. Or Chalky White, that's right. No, you're no, your Boardwalk Empire. I don't Empire. watch the show. I got to admit that. <laughs> Sorry. Way to chime but, in. But you have that sound. Yeah, right? the sound. Right, play it. And he talks play about it. Dancing with the Stars too. Go for it. 
you know what? Like I, I've had a lot of opportunities to do to do that stuff, which and I just you know my window of opportunity to be great at what I do is so finite. I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to maximize my potential right now. I feel like those opportunities will potentially still be there once I'm done. You know, Dancing with the Stars, they've asked me three or four years in a row to do it. And I just, I just you know, I, I'm just, I just don't want to, I don't want my teammates, you know, think that I'm not fully invested in what we're trying to accomplish, you know. Interesting. So you think just even taking the day, to go to L.A. to be Chalky White's henchman or wherever they shoot it, maybe in New Jersey, that that would be that, – that takes your eye off the ball of what you're trying to accomplish on the football field? Um, in some circles, it could, it, could, it could be viewed that way. It could be viewed that way. So there you have it. I mean, here, here he is as a guy. He's, he's got essentially his Hall of Fame credentials all set up. One day he's going to wear a gold jacket, Larry Fitzgerald. You will see that. Without a doubt. Okay. And here he is essentially saying, you know what, I'm not going to go do a cameo on Boardwalk Empire, which you guys all know, having done cameos yourself. It's true. It's <laughs> it's a one-day thing. Not even. We were there three hours. It's one day. Yeah. They'd fly him in to wherever they shoot, whatever scene for Chalky White. He'd be He'd be lionized on the set. People would flip out. And he would get to, you know, do something that's really cool for him. One of his favorite TV shows, be in it, say a line, and get out of Dodge. And he won't do it because it it might send the wrong message to his teammates or league, the league or fans. He said, I only have such a, a finite amount of time to, to do, to be great in this league. Yeah, but how how is going and hanging out on the set of Boardwalk Empire for one day going to mess with that? But it does in his mind. Yeah. He's and also 10 years older than Johnny. He's Some might say true. Larry's sort of at the nearing the end of his career. Johnny's hasn't even true. started yet. Well, that's just he's going to Johnny's going to do it his way. Right. Or or in his mind, he feels he can be as successful in the NFL living his life in the same manner that he lived it or close to it on a college campus. And and him showing up with Gronk, who's not the face of a franchise. He is not. Brady's the face of that franchise, as all quarterbacks are usually for their teams. And there he is with Gronk. Partying. And that is an image that gives somebody that that is one less day that his face is not in Kyle Shanahan's playbook. That's well, one less day that he's not in the Cleveland area sitting in a film room. And the question is, is that a problem? Again, doesn't matter what he does. We're going to talk about it. Well, here's the thing. You mentioned that, Rich, and of course, yesterday afternoon, Manziel Instagrams out a photo of himself on the plane with his iPad and the Cleveland Browns playbook, and he his caption, guess it's impossible to enjoy the weekend and study. Yeah, because he's hearing it already. Yeah. He's hearing it, and, and, and it's it's something that he's going to have to deal with. Or he's dealt with it. I mean, this is nothing new for him. I, and I but th- it, 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 it's it. You're right. He is a 21 year old kid. He is. And and so was almost Peyton Manning when he came out from Tennessee. And he went ahead and moved to Indianapolis and said, Jim Moore, if you're going to, his Morris told the story. Seniors told the story many times. You make me number one overall. I'm going to go ahead and learn this playbook, I'll move in, I'll basically be there, 
every single day and get to do this. And Ryan Leaf says, I'm going to go with my buddies and fly to Vegas. And we have laughed about that story for almost four years on this show. Yeah. So Manziel shows up with his buddies in Vegas Ryan, on Memorial Day weekend. Ryan Leaf wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner. These are the analogies that will be drawn and made as long as he continues to do it. And even if It's he, the truth. And he's the only way he is going to quiet it is if he goes out and crushes it this year or does well enough or gets the job. That's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. And the reason why, in many ways, I think that the Browns are making him take third-team reps is to quiet that beast that you saw in Las Vegas. But why would you want to quiet the beast? That's the guy you want on the field. On the field, he shows that he does it with that fire and that passion. Just let him live his life. The Manziel quandary, people. By the way, Tyler Thigpen is a career 1-11 and as a starter. I know. And they're giving him more reps. Well, clearly, he needs the reps. <laughs> Tyler Thigpen needs the reps at one and eleven career wise. Yeah, this is right. It's Meanwhile, a Texas A and M, I believe, just unveiled a seventeen million dollar new football. And who facility. do you think helped yeah. pay for that? Exactly. Well, well, I know. Everyone wants to say that, <laughs> that he built. That. They, hey, did have a, they did have a top ten quarterback go before him. Also, I mean, they had they they turned some things around. Who used to be a wide receiver. Well, he's, he didn't win a Heisman Trophy. What, you're, you're saying that's the house that Tannehill built? I'm not saying it's the house that Tannehill built. I'm saying, <laughs> Come on. look at how many first-round picks that school's had in the past Come three on. years. Come on. Johnny Manziel is a bright, hot, shining light. I, he I, is a star. He is a star. There's no question about it. Again, New York City, hard-bitten cops, security guards coming up to me. And wondering what's going on with Johnny Manziel. They're not asking me yeah. about the Giants' first-round draft choice. They're not asking me about Calvin Pryor, the Jets' first-round draft choice. They're asking about that. I want to, you know, I'll, we're going to hit this up with Ferrara. But first, yeah. let's let's go ahead and is Bridgewater on the yeah, phone? T- Teddy Bridgewater. Is okay, on the phone. let's get to Teddy. As promised, we kick off this show with an interview with uh, the third quarterback taken in this year's draft, the last one of the first round from the University of Louisville. The Minnesota Vikings select Teddy Bridgewater, who joins the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, Teddy? I'm doing good, Rich. How are you? I'm fine. How's how's everything been for you just, uh, I guess, the first month? It was just a little bit less than a month ago that you were taken by the Vikings at the end of the first round. Uh, everything has been good. You know, it's been a smooth transition. I've been here for about three weeks now, and I'm feeling very comfortable. Is it true that you packed your things, you moved right to Minnesota, first thing? First thing. Um, the minute I was driving, that next morning I was out on the next flight to Minnesota, and I've been here since. You haven't cu- You haven't left the city, the state? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I just left this past weekend. I uh, had to get back home, and was uh, good being around the family. But, you know, um, I've been here for about three weeks now. So, where where have you been staying? You got somebody you're crashing with? You got a you got a spot? How'd you, how'd you get how'd you get set up so quickly? Uh, right now, I'm just living out of a hotel. Um, you know, until I can find uh, finally settle down and you know find somewhere to live. But why'd you feel the need to do that? I just felt that it was important for me to just get in right away and you know get into the playbook, be become. You know, a better football player right away. And um, if I had the opportunity and I felt that it was best to just take advantage of that opportunity to 
being able to arrive here early and just get started. So what what have you so man, I, I, you know you are seeing some of your draft colleagues with Instagram photographs that they're out and about, right? Have you seen those photographs, Teddy? Uh, not really. You know, I've been staying away from Instagram and all the social networks, just, you know, worrying about bonding with my teammates and, you know, uh, celebrating and enjoying with those guys. Right. So, Norv, what what have, what has your uh, conversation relationship been with your new offensive coordinator, Norv Turner, Teddy? Uh, the conversations have been pretty good, and our relationship is, is pretty solid. Um, and I was able to establish a relationship with Norv uh, during the pre-draft 30 visits and the top 30 visits and um you know everything that you everything that i expected is he's exceeded expectations thus far and you know from whether it's just coaching on the field or a teaching aspect in the classroom in the film room and uh so our relationship is it's a pretty solid one so what is your what have your conversations been with with coach zimmer and your opportunity to potentially start week one of your rookie season teddy um you know the message has been that um you know Coach is going to play play me whenever he feels that I'm comfortable and whenever he feels comfortable with, you know, the way I've been playing. So, you know, um, all I can do right now is just focus on just getting better, learning the playbook, learning the system, just trying to become a better teammate. Do you want to start week one? Uh, it's always been a goal, but, um, you know, the coaches have the best. Um, coaches will make the best decision. The coaches have, um, you know, the last say-so, and they, they'll do what's best for this team. Adrian Peterson, what was your first conversation with him like? Uh, you know, I have yet to meet Adrian, and um, but you know, you know, he's someone that I'm going to look forward to continue to learn from. You know, not not only from a football aspect, because I mean, if you think about it, he, this is a guy who's you know been an NFL MVP and everything, won Russian titles. So um, now I'm interested in just learning from a mental standpoint on you know, how he prepares for games and you know what motivates him and how he sets goals and things like that. Can I give you a tip on meeting him for the first time, Teddy? Uh, I'll take a guess. Uh, let me take a guess yep. at it. Sure. Is it uh, be prepared for a hard handshake? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It's not really a handshake. It's He's taking your blood pressure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he, He'll shake your hand, and you'll begin to feel your pulse thump in your elbow working all the way up to your bi and tricep. And he could probably tell you what your blood pressure is when he shakes your hand. <laughs> I think that I'll just uh, have to wear some gloves when I get ready to shake his hand. Well, that's 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 your M.O., right? Wearing the gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, but I don't even think there's a glove to protect you <laughs> from that sort of thing. Maybe he'll take it easy on you because, you know, you might be starting week one. Hey, you never know. I think... Uh... You know, he has a foundation on the way he shakes someone's hand. Yes. I don't think he'll take it any lightly on me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this pink Cadillac that everyone's talking about that you bought for your mom. Can you walk me through this story um, and 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 the genesis of it and 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 why why you went ahead and and did it so soon? Um, you know, I had the help of Cadillac. You know, everyone thinks that I went out and bought the Cadillac, but. Um, the Escalade, but Cadillac made it all happen. You know, um, they had heard our stories and uh, watched our videos over YouTube, and you know, I, it it touched the people at Cadillac, and you know, they took action. They wanted to, you know, uh, 
do something spectacular for my mom since it was around her birthday and around Mother's Day. Right. And, then, you know, they felt that it was the perfect time for me to just, you know, present her with that Cadillac. So, you know, um, everyone played a role in that from Spike Lee and his crew to the people at Cadillac. So I was just thankful that, you know, we were able to, I was able to fulfill that promise. For those who did, haven't seen the, the uh, YouTube videos, we have a lot of international listeners as well. What is the significance of that car? Um, basically, when I was in third grade, I just promised my mom that you know, I would buy her a pink Cadillac Escalade with pink rims. And um, <laughs> That's great. It's, it's amazing. As I got older, um, you know, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and pink happened to be the color that resembled and represents breast cancer. So um, I continue to just go forward with, you know, the pink car to show um, my support to, you know, breast cancer awareness also. And, um, you know, also it's just one of her favorite colors being a breast cancer survivor and seeing all the pink, it, it just meant a lot to her. So, you know, it was just um, a story, uh, a dream, a promise that I made in third grade and it finally came true. And what was Spike's connection? How did, how did you, how did he get involved? Um, Spike, he, he heard the story also, and he just wanted to, you know, film, you know, every step, up, every step, and, um, basically, he wanted to do something spectacular, you know, we had a luncheon for my mother also, and, um, you know, Spike, he played a huge role in just setting it up, being that he had, he's from New York, and his ties, uh, to the New York City, so, um, just being able to film the entire, the entire process and the entire movement, that was his role. That's pretty neat, man. Yeah, that has to be such a great feeling for you to be able to make that third grade promise come true, Teddy, for your mom. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. It's a very good feeling, and you know, um, you know, it's 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 great knowing that you know you can keep your word, and you know, as the years go on, you never lose sight, and you always you know just stay focused. And, you know, without her help, I feel that none of that would have been possible either. So, um, you know, she she had a huge role in that also. Who else have you been taking counsel in other than your family uh, through this process, through the, the whole talent evaluation process, the whole uh, pro day stuff and the draft and, and now? Who who have you been leaning on outside of your family? I've been talking to um, Donovan McNabb, Kurt Warner, um, Abram Elam, and um, those guys have just been – you know, teaching me the ins and outs of everything. If you look at Donovan, uh, he's someone who was a high draft pick, and you know he had a, a a great career in Philadelphia, and he was also here in Minnesota. So, um, you know, <clears throat> then you look at Kurt Warner, where his path was different, but he and I share something in common, which is uh, playing with the gloves. So, you know, I can always yeah. depend on him for advice and things like that. And then with Abram, you know, he's someone who's just a, a very intelligent person. He's actually advising me, and, you know, he's been there for me since the pre-draft process. So, you know, those three guys have been in my corner thus far and, you know, have been making me, helping me make the transition. Now, I know transition. Kurt would probably tell you never to take the glove off ever under any oh, circumstances yeah. anywhere ever again, correct? That's, that's exactly what he's telling me. You know, <laughs> just stay true to who you are. <laughs> yeah, I love Kurt. And, and McNabb, I imagine, you know, I mean, he's been through it all. Donovan's seen everything. I mean, and I know you you waited to be drafted the whole first night. He pretty much came out almost right off the bat and got a welcome because he wasn't Ricky Williams, essentially. The Philadelphia Eagle fans booed him from Jump Street. And he has, he has dealt with all sorts of 
uh, media issues throughout his entire career. I mean, you haven't had to had deal with that yet. I'm just wondering what what advice, if you wouldn't mind sharing, that Donovan's been able to give you. Well, the, the number one thing is just have short term memory, and um, you can't you can't let one mistake you know carry on to the next play or one bad decision carry on to the next play, and just to have thick skin because you know at the end of the day everyone's going to point the fingers at the quarterback. So um, no, Donovan has just been able to share those things with me. And, you know, um, I'm just thankful to have him in my corner. And you sound like a very humble guy. That's what everybody says about you. But what, you know, obviously being a quarterback, you have to have an ego. I, I, I You know, we all do in my end of the business too, no matter how humble I, I, I feel like I am, even though some of my producers would, would beg to differ with that, Teddy. But what what how how large is the size of the chip on your shoulder coming into the NFL? Would you say? Well, I could I can't even put a specific size on it, but you know there is uh, somewhat of a chip. But I know that you know I just have to continue to stay within my character and trust you know the guys in that locker room, trust his coaching staff, and know that they have my best interest and they want nothing best nothing but the best for this team. Right, but you you have you. I mean, uh, some people that I've I've covered before, Maurice Jones, Drew wore 32 because that was the number of teams that passed up on him. I'm just wondering if you have a mental note in your head of the teams that had an opportunity to take you and did not moving forward. Uh, you know, I, I I try not to pay attention to that because, you know, I, I try to pull all the, the pre-draft things behind because it felt like it was years ago. So, you know, I'm at the end of the day, I'm just glad to be in Minnesota and I want to be the best Viking that I can be, you know, um, for the teams that pass me up. You know, everything just happened for a reason. Yeah. But, um, I'm happy being in Minnesota, and I'm just looking forward to getting my career started. And have you pointed out that you've already brought a Super Bowl to Minnesota? I mean, you're there for two weeks and you bring a Super Bowl. Teddy, have you know, have you pointed that out to anybody? Uh, no. Nah, you, know. you should. You should. You should. I, I had nothing to do with that one right there. That's not know. true. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. We we envision this podcast gives guests who appear on it a bump, a bump. You will feel the podcast bump. You may not now. It may come later this fall, but whenever it comes, you'll know it, and you should take credit. I mean, for decades, they've been waiting to bring a Super Bowl there, and I understand they got a new building and all that stuff. Oh but, God. I mean, Teddy, I think you have something to do with it, to be very honest with you. No, I, I had nothing to do with it. It's all of the Vikings management and the guys yeah. in that locker room and everyone who plays a role around here. <laughs> and my producer right here, just to wrap things up, uh, do you remember a guy when apparently you had the draft card from the commissioner, your yeah. draft card, correct? Is that a true story, Teddy? And then you dropped it on draft night? And my producer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, Teddy, but uh, you, after you got picked by the commissioner, he, he signs the card for you and, and you guys get that. And you were doing some interviews after the draft ended, and I think uh, you had you had dropped it, or it was on the floor. I picked it up, and I popped over and, and gave it to you there at Radio City. Um, I can't even remember that. Oh, I, was, I was so excited. No lasting uh, impressions for for me. Oh, apparently, he handed you the card back. He's so proud of that. And Teddy, you don't even remember meeting him, do you? It's okay. Ouch! That one digs. You're deep. right, Teddy. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I apologize for that. You know, I was just caught up in the excitement and everything. Yeah, he's so excited. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he dropped the card. I gave it back to him. Did the morally good thing, and he doesn't even That's remember. okay, it's because okay, the Teddy. man was definitely uh, having his dream realized. Hey, Teddy, listen, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you spending time, and um, good luck to you down the road. We look forward to having you on again. Uh, no problem. 
and uh, thanks for having me. You bet. That's Teddy Bridgewater of the Minnesota Vikings here on the Rich Eisen podcast. He didn't, See, re- he he didn't w- remember me. He oh, did well. not remember Chris Law. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Somebody told me that I should have held so on you, to it. So you, 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 you see Teddy Bridgewater come off the stage. Yeah, after after he comes off the stage, they came down and did media. They did NFL.com. They Just did as the fans are fil- as the fans are filing out because he was thirty second overall. Yeah, fans are gone at this point. Right, the, the, it's going dark. All the union heads are trying to get everyone out of there, and uh, his the 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 pick card that the commissioner read and signed for him. I see on the floor, and I pick it up, and it says with the thirty second pick, Teddy Bridgewater. Pick it up. I'm like, huh, ah, I'll go take this over to him make an impression yeah and you did clearly not I, no no but you, you brought him. it over to him yeah I took and it you're over like to how him. cool is that I, I gave teddy bridgewater something that a keepsake that he would have been bummed yeah, to not have you, you're a frank. difference you're a maker you're yeah. a factor yeah. and you thought he would remember you and then not at all not at all i should have held on to it and mailed it to the vikings and then maybe wow. he'd have been indebted to the show for what could have been like uh a, a, you know a new player goes to a new team and they want their jersey number but someone else has it you maybe could have held it for ransom for, wow. yeah you know that's next that's really sneaky stuff dude i enjoy my job just saying i, I gave or you just do the the good samaritan thing is you just heard teddy bridgewater's a very good guy doing things for his mom paying yep. off promises right. from third grade things of that nature or you could hold that guy for ransom. Good job out of you, Brockman. I did bring Tupperware to your kids as Christmas presents. Yes, you did. You're bastard person <laughs> is what you are. Uh, joining us now here in studio, good friend of the program, good friend, good man overall. His uh, new movie, Think Like a Man 2, file away. It's coming June 20th. Uh, and then uh, next June is the Entourage film that everybody's looking forward to. Um, and, of course, if you're ever looking for a, a good meal here in this town, Go to his uh, Fat Sal's Deli, whether in Westwood, Hollywood, or even San Diego, California. San Diego. And he's wearing a Fat Sal's lid here in studio. Good to see Jerry Ferraro back on the program. How are you, Jerry? How are you, sir? And you just literally hit everything. That's my whole life. I have nothing else. You got nothing? <laughs> Those three things. Without, uh, other than that, like, yeah, I got like a niece and nephew. That's it. Nothing else to discuss. Yeah, because the Knicks are out. Uh, you're a Ranger guy? Yeah, okay. but I stopped watching hockey after the lockout in 95, the year after the Rangers won the Cup. Right. And I was all excited as a little kid, and then they locked yeah. the players out, and I said, I'm done. I was a Ranger fan ever since uh, knee-high to a jackrabbit, as as uh, Warren Sapp would say. <laughs> but uh, Dolan just beat it out of me. Oh, you know, he's almost beaten the Nick fan out of me. But he owns both. James Dolan, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's Madison Square Garden. His whole family owns the Garden and Radio City Music Hall. Wow, so yeah. he's hurting. For... I, did, I didn't know. He, I didn't know he owned the Rangers. Cablevision. He owns everything. The garden. Jesus. He owns Billy Joel now, and he owns me as well too. Is that right? I yes. didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's he got a piece of fat Sal. <laughs> he might. <Does> he? <laughs> we have to look through the paperwork. He might. So before we hit the draft and all these other issues, I, I, we got to we got to hit the uh, Entourage movie. Am I the only one who did not have a cameo in this film? Pretty much. <laughs> and it, what's shocking about that is like you absolutely. Could have had one. Yeah, it what's was up like with all that? right. I I think a lot of what we were doing was kind of in your busy season, as they quote unquote oh. with the draft and all that. We were we were ready for you. I'm never busy <laughs> enough for you guys. I mean, I would have made it. I mean, you could literally almost name the football player who was in town training. And they were in the movie. They were in the or movie on the set. Yeah. Now Connolly broke his ankle. His, doing, his, playing his catch. femur. His fe- so it's not an ankle. Like he, no, no, like, no. Like, this is nasty. Do you want the story? Please. Okay. It Brad. involves Russell Wilson. And me. And you. 
Oh yeah, no, okay. I, was, I was in the front line. So oh. Russell Wilson, who uh, has a ring now, as we all know, is on set. Uh, good friends with Doug Allen. We used to go watch literally Russell in Wisconsin. Doug has connections to Wisconsin. So uh, Russell's on set. So we're doing this montage kind of beach party scene. And in the scene, it's just Connolly's going out. I'm covering him. Russell's throwing passes. I go out. Now, the worst thing to do with actors is kind of not tell us what we're supposed to do and just yeah. kind of do like, hey, we're going to turn the cameras on see what happens. That's not very smart, <laughs> yeah. especially on the beach with rocks and all that. But first play, Connolly goes out. He catches it. Second play, I go out. I catch it. Connolly drills me, literally drills Drilled me. Drilled you. Third play, Connolly runs a little post. No one's running really fast. Russell throws it to him. I kind of wrap him up. Connolly stiff arms me in the face. Um, so that's and then, be, that would have been flagged. That might have been flagged. Okay. And then literally I kind of brought him down, but obviously I'd never want to hurt Kevin Connolly. Guy's one of my best friends, and I know he'd never want to hurt me. And we both went down and heard something weird, and then he said, uh, I think I screwed my ankle up, and he pops up quick, and Russell Wilson runs over and is like, tie your ankles tight. He's thought he had a high ankle sprain. Guy works the whole day. Works the next day. So hold on Finally, a one second. Russell Wilson is attending to him. Russell Wilson comes over and because he to knows him. he knows how to deal with high ankle sprains, and he's tie that. You better lace that up tight. So Connolly ties his laces real tight. He limps off, and Connolly's a Connolly is a tough kid. Clearly, he's not gonna um, clearly just be like, "Ow, I hurt my ankle." I knew something was wrong. Worked that day. Worked the next day. Finally, went to like a strip mall to get some X-rays, and like you broke your femur bone in two places. And within three days, he was in surgery. He went Jack Youngblood. He did finish the finish the game. So strip mall. What do you mean? I like, well, we were in Palos Verdes. I don't literally mean a strip mall, but like we went to the close. We were kind of remote out there, so we went to the closest place to get X-rays. Right. And then he actually and Jim Gray was on set, possibly doing a cameo. (laughs) Jim, well done a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, now you've touched a nerve. And uh, Jim Gray. I don't want to go there, but Jim Gray may have actually got the doctor situation for Connolly set up. So it was a very well. I mean, Jim Gray has contacts galore in Southern California. So Connolly was in surgery like three. I gotta be honest with you. I I probably I could have maybe gotten Elatrosh on the phone. Maybe. I think there were calls made to Elatrosh. Okay, so I mean I could have done that. Um, Am I stirring but, the pot right now? Stirring, no, I could have done because at this amazing. point, yeah. Now you 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 pressed my competitive buttons here. Okay, who are the other announcers that are in this film? Who are the um, other? Because I know you got Cuban. Cuban is you know he's he's Cuban? a gimme. He's a gimme. We knew Cuban was going to be in Gronk. We knew that's in Braid. Tom Brady's in this film. I get it. I'm not quarterback. I'm not an owner. I'm not a tight end. I'm not a quarterback like Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Who are the other announcers who are in this film? Jim Gray made it. Who else? You're smiling like there are more. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. That's it. I don't Jim think Gray is the only announcer. I don't think he wants to hurt your feelings. That's Rich. okay. I mean, I don't know if this I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it on the silver screen. I don't think this is applicable, but Piers Morgan's in there, but I don't think that's relative. That's an apples and orange situation. Yeah, it's not really relative. But, but not- that is still an outrage that Piers Morgan got in. I mean, he's, doesn't, he's not even on CNN anymore. I mean, Rich, you know, I mean, it's people will be like, who's that way, British guy? And by person, June of 2015. You were the one person yeah. who didn't ask. Everyone kind of shot an email See? or said, "Hey, I'm like, in hey, town. Can I get in? Yeah, right. Can I come? You know, by? I'm sort of glad I don't. I can't. You're I can't even cool. ask for a cameo. By the way, you're cameo. even cooler now. You, to me, you're even cooler. Well, I'm set up for the Entourage movie sequel. Ooh, you're set up for a character, not even a cameo. Yes, a character. That it, it would have been an arc back in the day. I think. Like, at the, right? I think at the very least, we should get the invite to the premiere. See, that's what you've been angling he for goes the we. whole time. He goes we on that. You too. want? You want it? Well, we're part of the team. We're part of Rich's entourage. June 12, yeah. 2015 is when it's entourage. coming out. 
<laughs> he's 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 you're about three hundred and ninety days. <laughs> Start the countdown. It's it's draft. Draft. <laughs> we're all, Brockman's we're, on the clock right now. <laughs> Start the countdown. We're a hundred days to the kickoff of the season, and we're four hundred days till the end. Oh, you're never. Man. You can never be too prepared. You know who's been angling for a few years? Who? Is, is DP Dan Patrick? What do you mean by for angling? A, this is good a, stuff. For a, for a cameo. What do you mean by angling? I, Calling I up lo- Ellen, getting on you when bet. you're there? I had lost the bet to him mm-hmm. years ago on his show. Something about the Knicks. Me blind love saying they're going to make the playoffs. And he was like, all right, if the Knicks don't make the playoffs, you get me a cameo in the Entourage show. This is three or four years ago. And I said, I, you know, I can try. I'm not the boss, unfortunately. <laughs> right. He was like, well, just just tell me you can. I said, okay, sure. And sure enough, shockingly, the Knicks didn't make the playoffs. And uh, I think him and Doug, like, hashed it out on the phone, and it just never happened. Never happened. So Dan, I think he goes out of his way to kind of crush me. If my name comes up, he'll say something disparaging, all in the way that Dan can. To now, really, I'm going to be on Dan's show this coming Thursday. Can I, can I bring this up? If you tell him you have a cameo... And he, I mean, well, I'm not gonna lie. Just, I'm not gonna lie. But if I tell him that I've heard that that he was angling for a cameo that he didn't get, and he, I guarantee he says Jerry Ferrara doesn't come through. He lost a bet, didn't pay. I guarantee he takes a shot at me if you say. That. <laughs> but then here's the thing: is and he'll praise at- Connolly because Connolly sent them some gifts to the man cave oh. that I was trying to get. Which I couldn't get because Connolly had these gifts, and now also Connolly's the hero, and I'm just oh, like see, this see, idiot. See, I, listen, fickle th- Jerry. You, you being an actor uh, in this town, you, you understand the meaning of talent, right? What in that there are certain people who view themselves as talent. There are certain people who are talent and have little bit of an ego, and sure. try not to act like they have one. Sure, that's Dan. Okay, <laughs> Dan. Dan needs to be stroked a little bit. Okay, Dan needs to be told every now and then that he's he's Dan and and deserves that sort of cameo. But Dan Dan if Dan called up and lobbied that's it wasn't so much a lobby. It was like I made a bet with Ferrara. It's like a it, to use I guess an NBA that'd be like a flagrant two. Oh yeah, it, it you gets, know it it's not reviewed, a flagrant one. Yeah, but it gets reviewed. It's not a flagrant one. It's not a flagrant one to go up and to, to lobby for a cameo. Tried, is a flagrant two. I tried to say I'm not the boss, Dan. I, I you're can't not. Guarantee you're it. just a cog in the wheel of the machine, an important one. Without I, without whom there is no film. Well, I have a lifelong, uh, I guess, bashing. Anytime I call in, he'll always jab. Like he 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 goes out of How do I handle this? this yeah, day? Are we going to the mattresses against Dan on this now? Well, well I, I don't mean, want I don't want to pit you guys. I mean that no, I don't want to be in the. By middle the way, of that. by the way, by the way, it doesn't take much. <laughs> don't worry. I think they did a full breakdown of the photo of the grill. Today. Yeah, he he accused me last week. Oh really? Because I told him that he asked me what I was doing for Memorial Day weekend. I said I was barbecuing. Now, isn't that a north? Is that a northeast term, barbecuing? For sure. Because that's what I always yeah. grew up calling it. Right. Barbecue. And he made me f- he, having a barbecue. No, he's he was. He's, it's called grilling. That's what he said. It's In grilling. In the Midwest, okay, sure. grilling. In and Ohio. I'm like, no, it's barbecuing. And he, so he started busting me on that. And he, then he said that he thought he laughed. I'm like, what's so funny? And he said, you probably have somebody who grills for you. <laughs> And I said, damn, Soft. that is an outrage. <laughs> That's an outrage. I said, I'm in the pool. I get out. I said, I jump out of the pool and I go grill. That's what I do. I go barbecue. That's what I do. That's what I do every week. And then he said, okay, so send a picture of you jumping out with your Speedo and going on. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is an outrage. So I took a picture. I was there. Law was there yep. on Sunday with Chris Brockman. And there I was with the whole, I mean, I had it all working. I had the burgers. I had the hot dogs. I had the, uh, the corn on the cob all wrapped 
in uh, in aluminum foil because I, I, pre- I prep my them. Invite I for prep this, them. Rich. Well, you didn't you didn't ask. You're one of the few people who didn't ask. <laughs> hey, you didn't can lobby. I come to your barbecue? Yes, of course. Can anytime. I have too many kids. You don't want to be around. It's such a show. Uh, as these guys have seen firsthand. I was riding one of those little trikes around. I know. It's just it is. <laughs> But yeah, so Dan and I have been going back and forth on that. All right, well, I'll, I can handle. I, listen, and I'm 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 a huge fan of of the show and everyone else. I think I think Ellen even knows that too. But if a lot it, of if football it, players, it is what it is. How was how was Brady? Good. I wasn't there. I wasn't there that day. But I mean, the nicest guy in the world. Like he he's is. been, he has been good to us over the years for no reason other than just. Him and Doug are buddies, and he likes to show. Never ask for anything. Just he's buddies with Ellen, even though even though Doug's got a lot of friends. No, no, even though his and your Giants have denied him his last two runs. Doug's loyalty to his team might be up for grabs. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. I'm just kidding. No, no, Doug's a true Giants fan. I know that. I I just wonder if it was the Giants Patriots again. I just can't happen a third time, could it? No, but I wonder deep down inside if he would kind of be going, "Go, Tom." Go, Tom. Really? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of guys just, you know, Brady is dreaming. He he's really dreaming. is. And having worked with and him, he's such it, a was, good dude. It, it was crazy to see that, you know, he couldn't have been nicer and happier to be there and, like, stay around and, like, sign things for crew members. It just was, it just was like, this isn't real. I know somebody, uh, many people, obviously, in the Boston area, he texted me a picture of him. He showed up to a third grade baseball game. And and <laughs> brought craft with him. I mean, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, look who's look who's here at, at this third grade baseball game." You know, I'd I mean, like and, to think if I was six five with a good arm, I'd be more like Tom Brady. Yeah, I'd like to think that that's the kind of quarterback I would be off the field. The, the funny thing is, Kraft was with him. You could see <laughs> is that the, the it, it was a girl who took the picture, so Kraft got cut out Crocked a little out. bit. But you just saw you saw you saw the 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 shock of white hair. And then one arm of a, a French, the, cuff. The French cuff yeah. button down. <laughs> I'm like, that's craft. It's got the two tone shirt. Craft. It was craft. Blue that's shirt, time. white collar, pink What's tie. that guy's problem? What? Why is he Brady? so. Yeah, why is he. I, I don't get it. What's I his know. problem? Well, Gronkowski might be his problem. You tell me. The Gronk. I want to hit you on this since, um, you know, you're, you're, you're well versed in all things Gronk, and, and, and um, we were talking beforehand about Manziel and how he's going about his business and how he showed up in Vegas this weekend Instagramming a picture of him with Gronk around all these... It looked like a scene from Entourage is what it did. I think it actually was yeah. a still okay, is it, pulled from... <laughs> Jerry's uh, well-versed in Vegas, too. <laughs> You're well-versed in this my, entire world. That was at my character's house, actually. No, I'm kidding. Las uh, Vegas. You know, so exactly. <laughs> yeah, all, that's true. All sorts of manners of film and, and TV. What do you make of this? Because there are—he's already tweeted out a picture of him flying home with his iPad and his playbook, saying, "You know, I guess I—I I couldn't relax and also do work." So he's already feeling the criticism of that. Where do you stand on this whole? I have mixed emotions about this because, to me, there is something that is very important about being young and kind of getting those experiences. You know, it is a whole different world because I think that stuff that has been going on forever, but now. With Instagram and all this, it's no longer private. I don't love... But it's not like somebody took the picture of him. It, he's there that's posing I mean. it and posting it. But I still... That's what I mean. I don't love the social media aspect of letting everybody know what you're doing when you're doing it. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think that's what he should be doing. That should maybe be like his last kind of trip until he gets into his professional life. And that's what it should only be about. So it was his last Fandango? 
in that's a way. What I, I mean, you think that's what you really think that he's got one last Fandango in him, or that's just the way he's going to go about his I business? Mean, this ain't going on in Cleveland. How do you know? <laughs> I mean, I've been to Cleveland. So have you. Yeah, I know, but you can find anything anywhere, How old? Brother. I mean, was he 22? 21. 21? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do we see anything wrong with going to Memorial? I, I went to Memorial Day. I went to Vegas. Right. Memorial Day, 21 through 26. <laughs> That's a true story. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, there was no Instagram when I went, but you better believe I would have Instagrammed some photos when I ran into, like, P. Diddy in a cabana. But were, sure. you, were you the face of a business that's depending upon you? And, By 24, and, I, I wasn't the face, but I was, I was involved. I was one of the faces in a business. By 24. I just, you know, <clears throat> the NFL is a way of cutting everyone down to size, whether it's in between the lines in a four-quarter game on a Sunday or this sort of stuff. And I'm just wondering if he needs to, and that's the debate that's going on right now, is should the Browns just let Johnny be Johnny and say this franchise needs to bet on bet on him and and hope that the, the, the white ball doesn't wind up on the green double zeros, well, you know, and spin what... the wheel and see how it goes. Or it's like this is the NFL, this is the way it is done it. And you need to stop with the Instagrams, and you need to come here. The Instagram, easy. That was a little sterling. The Instagrams, Uh, Instagrams, come on, cut out with the Instagrams. (laughs) Well, this is also a a a profession where a coach once called it my face. Yeah, right. He did. That's what Belichick called it my face. And very recently, he said that. Don't get off the my face. But that's again, that's what that's the business that he has chosen. This is the corporate structure that he's entering into here. And you and I both know. If the Browns, and I'm not saying this is what they're going to do, but if the Browns go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs, no one's really going to care. So no, I just think as a matter of fact, you might see Petten with, with him and Gronk next year. Yeah, <laughs> all this is going to do is just put a, a, a little more of a microscope on him, and it doesn't seem like that has really bothered him when he played, you know, A&M. He played pretty damn well for a guy who was living his life that way. So, yes, he's going to be the most scrutinized player, or at least young player, or if not any player, but if the Browns go 10 and 6, 11 and 5 and make the playoffs, no one's going to care. If they go 5 and 11 and he throws 25 interceptions, oh my lord. It's going to be open season. So if you're willing to deal with that, then by all means go to Vegas on Memorial Day if you're willing to deal with the price of getting crushed. Now I I want to be on record again here with you two knuckleheads. I love Johnny Manziel by the way. And I, 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 I here's what I want to say. <laughs> I want to go on record with everybody that's listening to who might accuse me of this whole get-off-my-lawn mentality, like the 80-year-old screaming at the kids playing uh, in, in places that they shouldn't. I love this, okay? I love I love this guy. I love what he re- he's bringing. Same here. It's my job to talk about this yes. every single day of the year, and here we are on Memorial Day weekend week, and I don't think, you know, clearly I understand we got conference finals in the NBA and the NHL going on. I get it. Baseball's always, you know, I mean, the Dodgers damn near hit, you know, through back-to-back no-hitters. I get it. But this story is just as talked about. Oh, yeah. And he is going to have some more OTAs coming up on the next month. I mean, most teams are working this week. 21 teams started today. Right, on Tuesday, and then there's six more that start Wednesday. Yep. It's fantastic. I mean, this is I, – I, so I love it, and I'm not talking about it just to stir the pot. It is truly going to be something – to be discussed between now when training camp hits and and 
is he gonna? Is he just Johnny gonna be Johnny? But nobody I has mean, a, and, and should the Browns just let him do it? I want him, him a wild be. stallion. I agree. You gotta let that guy do what he does. And also, might I add, when you are twenty-one, you do have it in you to go have some fun over a long weekend and then clean it back up and be at work on Tuesday. I don't have the energy now for it at thirty-four. If you asked me to do that, <laughs> I could not show up to entourage up? and work. Oh my god! But have I kind of? <laughs> Now, I'm not trying to compare myself to what that kid is going through because he's going through something that I don't think anyone else on the planet could relate to right now. But at 21, I think it's completely uh, realistic to go have a great time in Vegas on Memorial Day and be at work on Tuesday morning. So, then why, so, so you think, Brockman, you think the, the Browns should give him first team reps? <laughs> no question. Yes. No more Hoyer. No more Thigpen. Those guys are done. It's Johnny's era. I get the Hoyer thing, the Thigpen thing, but Hoyer's legit. <clears throat> Hoyer's legit based on what, three games last year? Look, every Lombardi loved Hoyer. Yeah, what's Lombardi doing <laughs> right now? <laughs> Hoyer, Hoyer's legit, I think, was also a great uh, movie with Jason Robards back in the 70s. How I much think. Hoyer's legit was, uh, was I think, Sidney Lumet was the director of Hoyer's Legit. How much of a role? Dude, I've been Hoyer's Legit of, has I've, just been set on this podcast. <laughs> That's a hashtag if I've ever heard I one. I think so. I've been spouting off about Manziel since last October when I thought he should have been in the number one overall pick. Like, let, turn this guy loose. Dude, but turn him loose. Let him go and just say, you're the first. You're, we're, we're putting all our eggs in your basket. It's like you're, Tom Cruise and a few good men. You turn these guys loose. Let them rock and roll, man. What has he done wrong to this point? And as an NFL player, what has he done wrong? But Jerry. Well, he's only Jerry, three he's weeks. Got, Thank he's, you. Yeah. Let, he's like, done. I'm not saying he's done anything wrong. I'm just saying that it, any thought that you would see Johnny Manziel show up with a briefcase to work and be the corporate, you know, quarterback. Well, clearly he took his it, playbook to Las Vegas. He might have told a buddy, hey, text me a photo real quick of my playbook so I can tweet this I out. am not going to participate in any of this. Yeah. John, I, I, I think that... Uh, How much yeah. does Las so Vegas went, so play into this? Because two weeks ago, we see a number of quarterbacks at the Preakness and at, at hey, the Kentucky Derby, listen, and that's a mess, as listen, we know. Listen, it's optics. It's an optics world that we live in. Yeah. It's an optics world. It's a game of PR. It is a game of certainly when you have an ability to have your whereabouts and doings broadcast internationally with the click of a button. This world is all about optics. And if you care about optics and become a rookie quarterback trying to win a job in the NFL, you are not going to be seen with, of all people, Rob Gronkowski, and of all cities, Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, those are the two things, if you could come <laughs> up with, for Johnny Manziel to broadcast, that I am going to be myself within weeks of being drafted, those were the two things you could come up with. Let me ask you a question, though, as far as Gronkowski goes. What I mean, his partying lifestyle, as you may say, he has. Yes. Has that affected his on-the-field plays? That what causes injuries? No, and I'm not saying, but he's not a face of the franchise. No, but he's... He is not the face uh, of the franchise, and a franchise that has been in the pits. But he's still the second most popular player on that team. Because he fits the mold of being the uh, grain breaker. <laughs> Right? He fits the mold of going against the grain. It's Belichick, it's Brady, it's Kraft. That is the incorporation. And then he's Brady, just a big meathead? Pat's Inc. <clears throat> and here comes the guy. The position? Every family that is straight-laced always has that crazy uncle, the crazy cousin, the crazy brother, that nutty aunt. Okay? <laughs> and we all love that character. He's the knucklehead. He's the guy who 
goes to London and talks about the nutcracker guys that guard Buckingham Palace. And then he does the dance and then after he does, a and then he And then he does that idiotic beef-eating sort of sidestep but robot thing when he scores in Wembley. But That's he's our that knucklehead. Guy. And he's, yes, he's our he's knucklehead. freaking knucklehead. Yeah. But they are not depending on him to lead the franchise. They're depending on him to catch touchdowns. They are. That's a different stuff. So all I'm saying is apples and oranges. There's a lot of quarterbacks that back in the day had party mentality. I mean, look at Brett Favre. Could you imagine if Favre around, was around? Or John Elway, or Jim Kelly, or Ben Roethlisberger. My, imagine if there's career. Instagram around when Brett Favre was 24. Well, didn't we ask uh, Namath if right. Twitter was around with Bear Bryant <laughs> in Alabama? News. And I think he went, oh. Right, exactly. <laughs> he said, I get all of that. Yeah. But it's, like I said, an optics world. And if... He doesn't care that people are talking about him. Clearly, he hears it if he's tweeting out a picture of, I guess I couldn't go and hang out and have fun and do my job the yeah, same but don't weekend. you think that's just him kind of flipping the bird to, every, to all these old crotchety white guys? He's who are the guy that sat from pick one through 22 for three and a half hours, and when he comes out for his moment, still had it in him to make the money sign. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best quarterback the of best. all time. I love him. He hasn't even taken a snap yet. I'm drafting him first in my fantasy league. I There's do. no doubt I'm drafting. No doubt. With the first fantasy. overall pick, Ferrara's finest. Can I be in your Johnny league, please? By the way, it's here with Fabiano. I'm lobbying. I'll I'm be lo- with Fabiano. I'm lobbying. I'm lobbying. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the discussion right now. And so you stand by you think You think Petten should give him first-team snaps? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. What? It's the Brown. No offense. I'm not trying to insult the city of Cleveland, but mm-hmm. it's it, it's the Cleveland Browns. Like, what? Ha- it's not like everything they've been doing so far has been working. Try it the Manziel way. Try it anyway. Th- 5,000 season tickets in a week after he got drafted. By the way, I was I, I started tweeting uh, about when the when the Cavs got the first pick. I was yes. like, wow, Manziel and this over. I'm, I'm moving to Cleveland. I got a lot of love. A lot Didn't of people, Manziel retweet you? He did, by the way. Yes, yeah, Johnny Manziel retweet. follows me, and that's easily one of like the greatest moments. He literally retweeted. And now I was trending in Ohio. So can you can you direct message him to, to have a, a cameo on this podcast? <laughs> could you DM him? I'm I'm lobbying for that. Hey Johnny, we're, let's call him right now. He's DM turning he is turning number. down all interview requests right now. Every last one. Rich, of them. I, I I can't I can't. Unless I'm you're protective of Johnny. I'm very protective. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, we've never met. I've never spoken. We have tweeted at each other twice. Yeah, but all very of these guys. Very protective of him. But all right. you, you have the with your life and the and and in your personality and, and you know what you've done in your career, people must approach you that they they like they know you already. They must oh, come yeah, up yeah. to you and say that they must think they they already know you and who you are. They must come up to you. Manzo's probably one of those guys. Just I don't saying. know what it is, but yeah, I, I apparently have uh, come. Shake my hand, put your arm around me, and demand we take a photo face. <laughs> yeah, that's and your I, face. I don't even get asked. I'm like, come on, you take. We gotta take a picture. Come on. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do. <laughs> For those of you at home, I am smiling. My favorite moment of that was Seinfeld. <laughs> Did I tell this story on the show when he was at uh, when he came on our show at the yeah. Super Bowl, and and the way it all went down was just crazy. We were yeah. trying to book him for years. <laughs> and Tough get. And, and then it came down to, yes, because he was in New York. Super Bowl was in New York. He was just a few blocks away, and he wanted to promote his uh, comedians and cars getting coffee and, I guess, preview the fact that he was going to be on uh, a Seinfeld-related spot. Yeah, Super Bowl. So he was commercial. putting – he was pre – he was sort of like 
Uh, he's he was front loading. Yes, he's dropping breadcrumbs. <laughs> he was he was fo- he was front loading his appearance. Long story short, is for him to do it though, we had to um, set up the studio in quotes in the hotel that we were in and he had to wait about 45 minutes if he would do that he said he would and he's chilled in a green room he was conducting business doing stuff couldn't have been cooler and somebody walked up to him because it, the network hires about 8,000 people to do the Super Bowl broadcast somebody walked up to him oh, no. and said would you mind if we took a picture and his response was Yes, I do, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> so good. Because I think that was the most truthful response. Yes, I do mind if we take a picture, but let's do it anyway, I, is I, what he said. And I just don't know if I would have the, the cojones to ever pull that with somebody who asked me that. I've heard a similar one uh, with the whole, like, I, I don't mean to interrupt. And then the person's like, no, but you will. But you are going, yes, but <laughs> right, you will. Right. But you're absolutely going to interrupt, so go ahead. Right. You it's, already did. Right. It's yeah, no, I don't know. That's only Seinfeld could do that. Who would you interrupt? Who would you? I know. I would never interrupt anybody, but who never, would you go no up? One. But who would you go up to? The, uh, by the way, the When they're more, not being, when they're, when they're just chilling out if you saw somebody just chilling out by themselves the more i'd want to meet them and interrupt the more respect i had for whatever it is they've done in their career the less i would actually go up to them really yeah i i don't have it in me to do it and it has not even since i was younger you know i had chances to like oh this don mattingly's at the store go sail i'm like nope can't do it i just never wanted to i I had my mattingly moment though i I had it i had it i'm cool we've all had them thank god I thought it was pretty cool. You guys saw the story, I'm sure, that came out with uh, Bill Murray, where he's chilling at a at a restaurant in Charleston, and there's a bachelor party downstairs. That sounds. He's giving impromptu up, bachelor party. One speech. of the guys comes up and goes, "Hey, Mr. Murray, sorry sorry to bother you, but we have a bachelor downstairs. Can you come and just say a few words?" He's like, "No, thank you. I'm good." And the guy <laughs> goes back down to the room. <clears throat> two minutes later, Murray just walks into the room and goes and gives a two and a half minute bachelor speech, and it's awesome. See, come that's on. different because that's not even going to be like, "Oh, we met Bill Murray." That's going to be Remember at your bachelor party when Bill Murray gave exactly. that's gonna ma- that made the, the I don't care what strip club they went to afterwards. Yeah. Right, that was the best. No matter what happens after, I don't exactly. know though. I I will if I see somebody that if I really admire their work or I'm a big fan of of theirs, like Vince Gilligan at the airport. Yeah, like I went up to him. He was just sitting there at the airport. He had no idea who I was, and I just went up and totally fanboyed him. And um, I but just, I get way too nervous. I mean, I would do that all the time. Yeah, I honestly I don't, don't care. I don't really have that in, in me as well. But either. if they're eating or they're on the phone or whatever, I would never do that. Never. Never. <laughs> but if they're just like Vince Gilligan just sitting there. Another another moment, I, um, um, when I was living on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I had a spot when I was on SportsCenter so I could escape Central Connecticut. No offense <laughs> to the good people in the Nutmeg State right there in the middle. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm, 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 I went running in the park. And I'm walking back to my spot and coming down the street on an 85-degree day in a double-breasted blue blazer and a crisp button-down shirt pushing his two infant children was Tony Randall. Oh, my God. And I'm an odd couple. That's, yeah. Fanatic. I mean, it has, it has been part of my DNA for years. That's a, big, that's a good get. He's walking towards me, and I'm absolutely drenched in sweat and know this is the last thing he probably wants. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. With his two little kids. With his two little kids. (laughs) But I just, I stopped. I stopped him. I stopped right in front and I just said, you know, this is, it it was instantaneous. I saw him 10 seconds away. I'm like, oh my God, that's Tony Randall. Your instincts kicked in. Boom. I went right for it. And I just said, you know, Mr. Randall, 
I'm a huge fan of The Odd Couple. You know, it has been part of a formative from my sense of humor and my and my uh, my television viewing. And you are a genius. And I just wanted to say that to you. And he kept pushing his children <laughs> and said, why, thank you. And then he turned around and goes, but I would think you would congratulate me on my children <laughs> and kept walking forward as I'm standing there dripping in sweat. And I'm like, I couldn't have scripted that. That was everything you could have wanted Any out of better. that exchange. Right? I don't know what else you could have asked for out of that exchange. It was maybe like, a selfie. It's, but uh, which selfie, there was, I it mean, was this was, didn't exist. This was, yeah, the selfies sort of didn't exist. This was like 2000. No, so no, okay, yeah, 2002 to, maybe. But I mean, like that was like. That's genius. That was Felix Unger correcting me on how to compliment. To kind of flip the script on it Fantastic. with you two guys, who's the person that's come up to you that you thought they may not know who you are and it like asks to meet you or talk to you? Somebody oh, that's, that's a good one. That's kind what of famous you, and is like, wow, I can't believe I have, this person just came up to me. I, the, I have a few, but the one that stands out the most was uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, wow. Dude. And he was actually at. <clears throat> an entourage premiere. I think it was the final one. Yeah. So, and everyone was kind of buzzing, like, wow, who knew Sir Ben was an entourage fan? Literally comes up to me, grabs me, and I had a drink in my hand. And I think one of the HBO photographers, like, in house, wanted to take a, a picture. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying to hide my drink. He grabs my drink. He's like, hold it up proud. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then afterwards, he's like, you know, I never saw the show until tonight. They showed two episodes of the premiere. These are the first two episodes I've ever seen. You did a damn good job. I was like, God, that's all I needed that's to hear. Nice. The first episodes wow. he ever saw were, were episodes one and two of season eight and said I did a damn good job. And Gandhi came up, knocked your drink over. I mean, in the picture, I, I might even have it on my phone, my smile, I don't think I've ever smiled like that in my life. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's fantastic. But athletes, for whatever reason, um, I've had the whether they've been on the show or I've just happened to run into them somewhere. Athletes have loved Entourage over the years, incredible more so than actors. You would think maybe young actors up and coming would relate to it more. Uh uh-uh. uh. Why? Because you think it's their lives that are <clears throat> on display in a way. I think they relate to the sense of you know being thrust into uh, very spotlight position at a young age and being hit with money and all these you know potential trappings they relate to the fact that what entourage did was do it with your best friends like not the kind of best friends that mc hammer had but right. the ones that you could actually well i mean that's trust. the discussion about players wanting to stay true to who they are and sometimes to their detriment um so that must mirror their real life experience in so many ways i mean yeah to, to run into kevin durant on the street and like he made the first move because uh, of me sticking to my guns of like i'm not going up there even if I, even though I respect him, I can't, he kind of made the move and gave me a shake, and it was just the cool like the coolest thing. Also follows me on Twitter. Right? Ah, <laughs> KD, KD Trey, Trey. Right? yes sir. KD Trey. He had a great Very tweet nice. when we announced that the Entourage movie was happening. Yeah. Uh, I actually just I guess got the news first and released it on Twitter before anyone, and then Kevin Durant was one of the first retweets, and then commented and said, uh, "This just made my whole year." I don't think he knew he was going to win MVP yet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he in the movie? Uh, no, scheduling. Ah, scheduling conflict. Oh, Strahan's in it, right? Um, no, I don't know. If Strahan was on the show. I don't know if he was in the movie. Rivera, Mariano was in it. No, but I met. That was another one who I was at a Knicks game. Yeah. Uh, recently over Christmas and uh-huh. um, sitting there with my brother watching the security guard taps me on the shoulder and mm-hmm. says, "Come with me." I'm like. What? All right, I'm getting kicked getting out. Ejected. I'm getting kicked out of the next game. This is great. <laughs> my may or may not have been sitting next to Dolan that night. 
Wow. <laughs> yes, was sitting next to Mr. Dolan. Uh, talk, and and we what, talked about the team and his uh, lady friend of oh, the hold moment. Hold on, do you, do you pump the brakes there? Because you can't be honest with them, right? I, it was it was a little difficult because the things I like to shout are typical fan things, right. and I, I did have to uh, hold back. Let's just say, but so the oh, security man. guard. If tapped- I ever sat next to Jim Dolan. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It, it was it was an experience. Be, it would be like a uh, it would be like a Costanza father moment when yeah. he's like, "What the hell did you trade Jay Buhner for?" <laughs> yeah. When he got to meet Steinbrenner, this people said Ken Phelps. And Ken Phelps. I, I gotta call my brother out for a second. My brother, him and I are completely opposite. I am obviously a sports freak. My brother doesn't know the first thing about sports. Like, couldn't name one New no York kidding. joint. kidding. But yet, if he got in your car and he could, like, start it and be like, ooh, your timing belt is slightly off. Like, <laughs> that's his where I can't even change a flat tire. So that's yeah, where we're you're different. You're calling AAA. So I bring him to his first Knicks game ever. We're sitting next to Dolan, and, like, fans are yelling stuff at Dolan. They cut to him almost on the Jumbotron booing. My brother's literally on the side going, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> the so most hated man I'm trying to Madison give him the backstory quietly. Like, it's... <laughs> That's the owner of the... Oh, God. So anyway, the security guy taps me on the shoulder and says, come with me. Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe I said something to offend Mr. Dolan and I got the boot. This would be a great story. That's a great story. Now we're walking through the the guts of MSG going under and over. I've never seen these parts of the garden. And I'm like, do you mind... uh, Where are we going? He's like, oh, um... One of the Yankees is in a suite and would would love to meet you. He's with his kids and his kids are fans of the show. Would love to meet you. I'm like... Okay, who? And the guy just doesn't say a word. So now I'm walking into this suite wondering which Yankee. This better not be Andy Stankiewicz. Is this going to be? Is it going to be Alvaro Espinosa, <laughs> the best bunter of all time? Walk into this. I'll give you. I'll give you three guesses, and it's someone that you'd want to meet. That's all I'd say. But three guesses. Yeah. Do you want to guess? Uh, so it's not Rivera. I mean, because this was the the way that we started the story. So the three. Did I start it with Rivera? Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a blown well, save right there. But yeah, so it was his Rivera. kids come out first. So I still don't know who it is at this point. But yeah. I see all these young, anywhere from like ten years old to eighteen. I'm shaking all these kids' hands, and I'm still wondering who who is that. I, I I don't know. And then out from like where his seats were out there comes the Sandman. Enter Sandman. And I just literally went, oh my. <laughs> <God."> <laughs> And I walked over, and I was, it was, I mean, I started sweating. If you look at the picture, there's, like, sweat stains mm. that happened within the last two minutes. And he just said, man, I loved your show, watched it from the beginning. Incredible. Uh, you guys do great work. Nicest guy in the world. And I was floating when I walked out. And I get to walk back to my brother, and I'm like, do you know who I just met? Oh, you're not even going to know oh. who that is. Oh. You're not even going to know who that is. And he was like, I'm like, Mariano Rivera. He's like, mm, no. Wow. So did you at least turn to Dolan? Dolan would know. I did. I did say, I did <laughs> say that, and uh, he didn't look too impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dolan. my Lord. Awesome. So uh, in, in, in retrospect, in closing as well, uh, was it a great, as great an experience as you, you imagined it would be in the years and, leading up to maybe it happening and it finally went down? And more. It? Really? And more, yeah. I, it just... You know, a, a lot happened in between the show ending and the movie actually happening, and I think it was the perfect time because any sooner would have been too soon, and I think if we waited any longer, it would have been too long. I actually think it happened right in the window of time it should have happened in. That's great. So we'll see. Now people just have to go see it. Well, and, uh, I mean, come on. The buildup is going to be humongous. There's a lot of hype. Humongous. There's a lot of hype. Yeah, I know. There's going to be a lot of haters, too, though. You know there's going to be a lot true. of haters. Yeah, I, trust me. I, I know whenever anybody talks about something, for, that's that's our that's our country. It's torn down. People te- build things up just to tear them down, just like Johnny Manziel. 
right? Just like Johnny Manziel, and it's all set. Yeah, so you could say the Entourage movie and Johnny Manziel have some Dissimilar. parallels. That's right. You like to party in with Gronk in <laughs> Vegas. What do you, uh, what'd you think of the Giants draft? Do you want to comment on that at all? you want to hit, hit it up? Did I you thought, like it? I mean, I did like it. It was very much a Giants draft, you know. They're um, all captains. Every last one of them, love by the that. way. I love that. I love the Beckman captains. pick. And um, what is it? Is it Grimble? Well, you got, you got the undrafted Odell, tight end? You got Odell Beckham. Yes. Weston Richburg, a center. Center. Yeah. Captain. Great name. Uh, Jay Bromley, uh, defensive tackle. Andre Williams, who is uh, running back. Well, yeah. his nickname is Edgar because he's a poet and he writes a book and he's he's, he's way he's way let's put it this way he's way too smart. <laughs> Heisman finalist. Yeah. Um, and uh, what Nate Bear, a strong safety. Mm-hmm. Devon Canard uh, of USC, and then Bennett Jackson. I don't trust anyone named Bennett. Oh. Let's talk about the undrafted signing of the tight end from USC. That's who I think everybody needs to look at. I must have missed that in the last 10 days. Who was that? Xavier Grimble. Okay. I don't know either. Yeah, you guys watch out. Okay. (laughs) You guys watch out. Chip on his shoulder. Next Bear Pascal. Does this this mean you're going to take the Giants to win (laughs) the Super Bowl again? Yes. (laughs) I am going to go with the Giants. Yes. Who did I pick to go to the Super Bowl on this? You picked the Giants Broncos. It wasn't very good. Hey, I went one for two. That's yeah. not That's that bad. That would get you in the baseball actually. hall of fame. <laughs> That's about it. Well, uh, this is good, man. Um, so uh, think like a man two coming out next month. Very so soon. File that all away. Question: The Gotti, you're doing th- that still? Arturo Gotti is still happening. I'm still training. I'm actually probably going to go over to uh, Wildcard and get beat up right after right after this. Right after, right this. after these messages, With Freddie yeah. Roach. <laughs> With my man Freddie Roach. Nice. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. Fantastic. Wow. So, yes, uh, but still hammering out the Gaddy script to perfection, or at least as good as we could do. And more people are eating at Fat Sal's than ever before. So ever before. Congratulations ever on that. Ever before, yeah. That's a good for you. Didn't see that coming. Good for you. Thanks for coming in. Anytime. You know I love this. Jerry Ferrara here on the Rich Eisen podcast, where I guess I, I've learned today. I need to ask. I need to. I need to ask. Right. I need to lobby. I'm going to ask again that we can go to the premiere next. But year. how about Dan Patrick in cameo in every Adam Sandler every movie? Every single one. He's done more and movies than I have. And that's not enough. And it's not enough. <laughs> DP's done more movies than I have. I always tell him that your IMDb list is longer than mine. It's not enough for him. How many yachts can he water ski behind? It's true. <laughs> Wall Street greed's good, baby. Greed is good. I don't know. At Jerry C Ferrara on. Have you gotten? How come you can't get rid of that C? Who's Jerry Ferrara? So, there's a Jerry Ferrara out there. We yeah. can't get somebody. We can't find we, somebody. We did have Dick on the podcast. You know, we should be able to make this happen. Say his last name, please. Well, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it, so I avoided it. <laughs> Costello. Costello way, or Costello. This is so, amazing. I the mean, guy. I, wow, that was a little interesting. <laughs> the guy. Who, Dick the guy. Who, podcast. So I'm like, say, please. You know, there are certain names, first names, where you must say the last name with it. Yeah, and uh, that's one of them. I got to be honest with you. The guy who owns at Jerry Ferrara. Yeah. His. How about what? He got 30 followers. That's it. 25 he's tweeted three times he actually times. has 86 followers but he's he's not following anyone and he's never tweeted and his he's got the egg as his avatar oh an egg we can, avatar we squatting out. on you we could yeah. buy him out and, but, but his his display name is Jeremy Piven like squatting so that's he's, just confusing he, he's looking for a buyout he's squatting he's, he might be straight looking for a he's, he's looking that guy for a buyout. Went, yeah he's looking for a buyout he's situation for a buyout. not gonna get anything but you could flip him a bur- sandwiches flip him a sandwich I'm gonna throw him some sandwiches yeah. give him some if gift cards if he lives cards. in the area but you cannot we, listen you're a man of your standing you hate cannot, the sea it's not that I no I, I it's not I, I'm about there's no underscore I'm about as you know I'm about branding 
And you're you're Jerry Farrar. You're you're not known as Jerry C. Farrar. No, no, it's not like Michael uh, C. Hall. John C. McGinley. Game. Okay, you know that's not what that's not that's not what we're Maybe doing. Maybe that's why here. I got caught up in the C because there are a lot of prominent C. It could be C something. George C. C. Scott. Scott. I mean, so I mean, but that's who he's known. So he wouldn't if if Twitter was around back in the seventies, he wouldn't have been on it. But if he was, he wouldn't have been at George Scott. He'd be at George C. Scott. So I see you. Uh, S E E U, and I see Jerry C Ferrara, and, and it I, bothers that, you. It, what doesn't bother me? In the branding me, sense. Yes. How many times do people tweet at this this egg avatar knucklehead, and oh, meaning wow. it's for you? So you're saying so I got to reach out and buy him out? I think you just reach out. I think you have your people contact Twitter. They got rid of this for us. They got rid of his hashtag. He was Chris underscore Brockman. Underscore. Yeah, he got rid of his underscore. I'm like, you can't be underscored. You're at Chris Brockman. It's branding. You got a brand. Well, underscore got a brand. is devastating. Like, uh, when Schefter started on Twitter, That's right. he was here. When he started on Twitter, he was still here at this network. And he was at, I think, Chef Specialty or something like that. Because that, that was his column name when we were in school together at Michigan. Mine was Get Rich Quick. And I told him, I'm not going to be at Get Rich Quick. <laughs> you, get, you know, no, I'm at Rich not. Eisen. We're branding here. You're we're blood. branding. We're we, branding. We, we, what does the C stand for? Charles, my okay. middle name. It's All a right, great name. I'm not, there's, I have no problem. So, or here's the flip side. I could just change my acting name to Jerry C. Ferrara. That's a little too much. Sounds like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of work. That yeah, right. I'm just. But Me you and could, Michael C. Hall listen, just I'm hanging not, out. I'm not John going, C. Riley. I'm not going to. Love John What is with the C's? I don't understand it. Uh, efforting. We're going to effort efforting. this. <laughs> efforting. All right. So at Jerry C. Ferrara <laughs> on Twitter, Twitter and, and go see Think Like a Man 2 June 20th and then file away uh, on June 15th, June 12th of next year, the Entourage film. But we'll talk to you many, many, many times before that. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Always a pleasure. You bet. Jerry Ferrara back on the Rich Eisen podcast, the Rich C. Eisen podcast. <laughs> All right, moving along with more friends of the program. You can uh, download their latest special on Netflix, The Sklar Bros. What are we talking about? They're also appearing in Chicago, Illinois, this very weekend at the Up Comedy Club, the 29th through the 31st. It's part of the Second City Complex, don't you know? They're in the Windy City. And then, of course, their uh, podcast, the ever-popular Sklar Bro Country podcast on the Earwolf label. You can also follow them on Twitter at Sklar Brothers, not at Sklar C Brothers. They're at Sklar no Brothers. Underscore. No, no underscore. No underscore. No, because they know about branding. No, I, I, the, I heard that. They're about... the first openly identical twin <laughs> duo. Don't give in away comedy. the co- That was really, you were fantastic on the special. Rich. Good to I, see Randy and Jason. Nice Sklar. to see you. And uh, you did, you provided such a great pregame, halftime, and postgame show. I to am the on special. your special. Yes. You were so good, man. We were like, just play it real. You played it real. You really flowed. I mean, all the people there were like, you did a, a huge laugh. You get like five or six huge laughs. Well, we shot it uh, in the NFL Network studios mm-hmm. in between the Super Bowl and the Combine back in February. And I'm the, uh, I'm the host of the pre, half, and post game. To our stand-up special. Right. To our stand-up special. <laughs> it was like, it, if you could break down comedy as if it were an right. NFL game. Little Dwight. did I know, it, it might be the last pre and post and halftime of anything that I do around <laughs> NFL Network. Who knew that? 
What? Right there. <laughs> Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. Uh, but at the at Sklar Brothers uh, Twitter handle is also a place where you can hang out with these guys. And that was a lot of fun with Freeney. Dwight Freeney Dwight was Freeney hilarious. Dwight was so good. The, the analysts were Freeney. Terrell, Terrell Thomas and Omar Dorsey, who's a great actor. He's on, he was on Eastbound and Down. Right. He played yeah. sort of the bombastic guy yeah. on the Ken Marino talk show. And then he's on Rake. He's just a great dude. And then the lovely Jay and Lynch. talented Bonnie Bernstein. Bonnie Bernstein, the, the ubiquitous <laughs> sideline reporter, gives a turn at the end that you you have to see. I don't want to give anything away, uh, but uh, the way that you um, uh, uh, chironed me, my my title. It's my favorite thing. It gets a huge um, laugh every time. Don't I, give it away. I'm not, but I, I've never been labeled that. I mean, again. I have probably, you know, behind my back. Not yeah. your face. But not, under, not, your not, yeah. under someone's breath. Every yeah. time gets a huge laugh. I know. So it's like what, you were a part of it. Where'd you guys funny. come up with that idea to do a pre-post and have That's a great show. question. Uh you know, I mean, we kind of... There's you guys are huge sports fans. Sports fans. There's some sports comedy throughout. Randy and, and I were trying to think about this. I think it actually had its roots in Woody Allen's Bananas, which is a phenomenal movie. But there, if you yep. remember that movie at the end, Louise Lasser and Woody Allen are in bed making love, and ABC Wide World of Sports is covering it. Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell, Cosell does oh. the post coital love interview that was just and it, the, the movie started with him started with them uh, calling with the, assassination the, the assassination of the president in that banana country and, and they call he, <laughs> the president is shot and Cosell's Cosell's like, walks up to him on the steps where he's been shot he goes el presidente you've been shot you've been shot you're basically like your thoughts el presidente. <laughs> your thoughts right oh, if it's my. humanly po- i mean that was the favorite like there are fans at the at yeah. the uh at the, the consummation uh, of the marriage and he's like if it's humanly possible i'm gonna try and get through this throng like, of can fans. I get? Can I get <laughs> to Fielding Mellish? Can I get to Here him? comes Mellish, bobbing up and down the aisle. That's right. Vestal White. So that, we kind of were like, well, that is the perfect execution. execution and application of something in sports being brought to something different. And we thought, we know how to do this. We've watched a ton of this stuff being done. It has to be done the right way. We've got to get the guys. Because if there would be people that would do it with on not the NFL Network set on sort of a made-up set with other people who could approximate what's going on, but we were like, we want this to be as real as possible. Right. And that's when we you know, we, we played upon our relationship with Rich. It, it was great. Man. Yeah, it you was fun. And I think when you guys talked about that, I mentioned to you also Chris Elliott. Do you remember the comedian yeah. Chris yeah, Elliott? Sure. From, from, oh, yes. I know what you guys would, but I sure. sometimes whenever I mention anything from the 80s, I got to look at these guys. This guy. Seriously. Eagleheart. The, yeah. Yeah. Start there and work back. That's right. <laughs> man under the Start stairs. Start there David get Letterman. back to Man on the Stairs but cabin he, boy. he had a uh, a comedy special on Cinemax years ago, mm-hmm. and half of it was the first half was a mock um, sitcom slash mock um, Quinn Martin production right. type right. detective show, right. where he would send up the sitcom with a live studio audience and send up the detective show shot on film. Mm-hmm. When he was the detective that would then come home after fighting crime and be part of a, of a family called family. Action Family is what the first half of it was. And then the second half is he played FDR in a one-man play. Uh-huh. And <laughs> they got a theater in upstate New York where he was doing the one-man play. And it was like what your as special real is. As can be. What your special is is, you know, this, this mock pre-half and post mm-hmm. that's wrapped around the special. Marv Albert. Did the oh, nice. did the introduction yes. of, yeah, like as if it was a pregame and a postgame too? Phenomenal, and Double it was Ganowski. very funny. Come on, Chris Elliott, and then Chris Elliott comes out as 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 FDR 
It starts. It starts. <laughs> have you guys ever seen this? I haven't. Seen this? I have it's, not. It starts. It starts out with an old time radio on the stage. You know, playing how the. Uh, You've got nothing to fear but fear itself. Right. And then something else from the FDR uh, collection. And then suddenly, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> and, and he comes rolling out. out as FDR <laughs> with the cigarette. Uh-huh. And the crowd yeah. doing sort of like the Des Bryant X symbol, just oh, like man. thumping. To the, yes. That's oh, the way oh, the Chris Elliott started. Uh, cause I know, and that's what I love you guys, too. Is you, I, I, I love your comedy. I'm a big fan of what you guys do and fan of comedy in general. And, yeah. So when you guys asked me, it was it's all good. It's on Netflix right now, and it kind of lives for. It's one of these things that oh yeah, we're talking about this Chris Elliott thing mm-hmm. that happened years ago. I mean, this will live forever. This, is the 80s, yeah. this will live forever, and and we wanted good to do something guys. that was memorable enough that it would maybe stand out in the we way. Were by, we were talking about like being. I watch it again with you because I haven't seen it since for a while since right. we were editing it. And if you don't watch it for a while and then you just read the negative hater comments that happen, that people throw oh, out there, come on. it's terrible. But sometimes you lose your perspective and you start to read a comment and you're like, ooh. You guys did suck. Maybe. No, I was yeah. like, maybe Randy and I should go fuck each other and then die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm that, open to anything. That, look, we're, we should take your every, constru- every criticism constructively. Uh, if it's constructive <laughs> like that, I'll you take it. You need to look at that. <laughs> no, but then we watch it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really fun. Really and funny. It came out the way we yeah. wanted. It to, the Chirons so, were the best. Yeah, it's what it's the way you want it to 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 be to represent where we are right now. And then of course we now have to go down the road. We're going to Chicago this weekend, and yeah. we were in Chicago last year at this time, and we have to give them new material because we got fans that are going to be coming out from last year. We can't give them the exact same set of comedy, mm-hmm. so we have a bunch of new material. Not, so now we're on that road. Not great. to get too much into the technical side of sure. it, but like releasing this on Netflix straight and bypassing DVDs and going, how how was that different for you guys from like a, a bit, just approaching that? side of it I think well first of all Netflix is like an amazing place to be right now because they're doing so many great shows and like we say where the show's on Netflix and people are like wow that's it's almost holds the the weight of like an HBO from like a there's no question ago. about it it's, people yeah. are really excited House that of it's cards it. arrested development orange is a new black and all well, but, the great comedy specials right now well I mean have. you have to admit that that what you this is what they told me off off uh, Mike is that you pitched it to Netflix about a women prison show that's yes. right and yes. we wanted and bait and switched them with your comedy special. we wanted our yeah. thing to be called jews are the new blacks yeah and that <laughs> just didn't fly there right. went so in then, a different direction right so they went ahead and, and they made that and they made that and then we said you will give you that one just give us a special yeah, we don't even want a piece of that just let us do that's the way that's the way it happened we're one of the only you told me you know we're one of the only groups or comedians that would say we don't want a piece of that just go ahead and do it we can have that one we're gonna write a book called we don't want a piece of that Go and be, look, you guys make Be it. successful away from us. We don't us. need, we just need to know that we gave it to you. Yeah. Like anytime f- we've ever done yeah. anything in this industry, like we went with <laughs> agents because they were really nice to us and then they went to a smaller place and they went, anytime we've been loyal or done yeah. anything right in this industry, it's come back to bite us in the ass. <laughs> it's the way it goes. It so, is the way it goes. Isn't it I, All right, question about this. We uh, So we're promoting this thing and I want to get your, your guys' opinion about yeah. this, but I think you would, I really want to get your opinion about this. Okay. So Hustler Magazine wants to do an Great article. Way to start it. Boom. Right? Hustler Art Magazine wants to do uh, it, a by piece the way, it about- still exists? Still yes. exists. That magazine still exists? Still exists. There's it's a right store next, on Sunset. Right next to Jugs. Uh, and so Hustler wants to do a piece about our <laughs> H- special. H&J. 
And about and, and by about, the way, H and J is a fantastic bagel uh, place. H and J, H and J bagels, bagels in the they shape. They hand make them, and they make kumintosh in the shape. Do I have to delete? What am I doing? Do I have to bleep any of that? No, 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 don't, don't worry. Bleep anything. This is all in your endo. It's all in your endo. Although Law is the one we had Saget in here uh, uh, last month. You had to bleep and, it from the second he walked in the room. Well, I mean, but, here's the interview with Bob Saget. But but he bleeped out some of the well, some of the some scatological of the- references to the male anatomy he kept in, and some he didn't. And we and fans were wondering what the what, what were the you criteria out, was, right, right, was right. of what you decided to be. The way out in or which not. the anatomy is mentioned makes the difference as to whether or not sometimes it needs bleeping. I love that this I guy is the some, arbiter of it. Doesn't he look like he should You're be the, the arbiter? I have of no I Absolutely not. He should be the arbiter of the rules of the beer league that's, that's it yes. uh, where does the keg go in the outfield right so, left or right so hustler wants to do hustler wants to oh, do this point. thing oh. with us and they were like and so they're like in the photo there's going to be nudity and so we had to go back and talk go about it with our yeah wives. you gotta go to your wife with that you gotta and then go to also wife. there's the thought that like once you take a photo or it's anywhere then it goes on the internet then what if your kids like in a couple years are like eight or nine they're yeah. googling you and now they see the so we went back to Hustler. We're probably the only dudes ever who were like, yes, we'll do the thing, but with no nudity in the, in the photo. Can what if they do- had tassels? Well, so they said there'll be lingerie and okay, others. Okay, there will okay. be models and they'll be wearing like underwear and lingerie. And I just emailed back. I was like, you know, all that's going to be see-through. Everything. All of it is going <laughs> to be including sheer, what we're wearing. As sheer as sure can be. What you guys are wearing. So now so we're going to do it, but we were just. It hold got on a minute. It, yeah. The wives, their response was what? We said, look, anything that to help promote this thing, you know, we're going to take take a bullet, bullet for the team and get in a photo with some models <laughs> from Hustler. Would you, you look, we don't want to do it. I don't want I'm going to hate it. Honey, I'm going to hate it the every whole time. second of it. Uh, no, but we just said, look, you know, we fought this battle like a very Norma Ray, like we held up like signs that were well, Larry like, Flint is all about First Amendment rights. He really so we is fought all about this battle for no nudity in a Hustler magazine. Yeah. We won this landmark decision. <laughs> you know, we're like It's a Dred Scott case. Of one sorts. page Dred at a time. You're going to yes. take that we're magazine. We're taking the magazine back. <laughs> we're taking back the dignity. We're trying to I think class up if we can. We're making moment. it about the articles. I know that's Playboy, but why can't Hustler trade on yeah. that, that one territory? at a time. Does Hustler Just have one, articles? They one. do. So they have a new comedy editor and there this guy go. happens to be a fan of our stuff, so we're like, "All right, we can't turn, say no to anything. You guys, so are, you, so you we guys are you're 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 really revolutionaries. Tra- yeah, you're so trailblazers. So has this taken place? Have you guys? So no, we have. We just agreed to okay, doing okay. it with the models, which they'll probably be in like nothing but. Do you, you get know, to like choose the models? Paper. I don't think we have a casting session. I think we just show no, up. Hold, and they hold on a minute. Hold on Wait, a minute. Yeah. Hold why? On why don't well, we get yeah, to choose the models? Why? Hold on a minute. Rich is like, do I get to choose the models? I can make myself. Do you guys want to choose the models too? By the way, by the way. You you can <laughs> farm the job out to Mike Chris's. You right, can. He, the Chris's will take. The, the hillbilly would have I'm, to run it up the, the life up the ladder. Single. So you might just want Chris. Yeah, you do it. Do it. So here, because, and I'm I'm just saying this again. This is the theme of this show is branding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Clearly, and optics, optics and branding have been, have been, have been, have been, have been yeah. That's sort of like the Sesame Street. This podcast has been brought, brought to you by, by optics and, and branding and, and branding. Mm-hmm. And so you need to make sure that. The people you are seen with is up to On your brand. standards. I, I mean, it's up to the Sklar brand. This is this is very relevant. You can't in- just be. You can't just show up and all of a sudden, it's 
it, it's sort of like it's for the lack of it's like Johnny like, Manziel hanging out with Gronk in Vegas. What's he doing? What what's he, he doing? doing? We had that full conversation. I know you had that Ferrara. conversation, but I mean, like, what's he doing? The Gronk needs to be hanging out with Ryan Lochte and Ryan Lochte only, <laughs> and they need to do a buddy cop show. Yes. Gronk never Gronkty. They can come into become one human being. John. They share a brain. They share yes. a brain. They, sh- they switch souls Gronk-D. all every week, and we don't know who's who. And neither do they. Suddenly, suddenly Gronk Vice is swimming. Like a, yeah. Gronk is like swimming like crazy and breaking his arm in a pool because he's fist pumping and doing the crawl stroke. Come on. Gronkty. Gronkty. This is the sort of stuff that, that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> must be branded properly. It's no yeast mode idea, but it's yeast mode. It was pretty great. Yes. So, I mean, that. But it is Gronkty. This is what, what I'm, I'm giving pause, that you need to vet who we are who we are with true. who we are with hustler is putting next to you they they had better be some high class ladies is what you're saying yeah. well just on brand on brand alone they should be you know what i mean yeah. I mean, they can't be bunny ranch quality which and, by and the way does, does does hustler have any jewish uh models Ooh. That's a great. That's, that's a great, great question. That's a great. Uh, we'll have to get. We into were that. trying you to think I mean? because it has been. We were trying to literally think. When was the last time we were at a strip club? Now I don't know when the last time you were at a strip club was, but it's been well it's over. It's been fifteen, 15 years. Fifteen years. For me. Yeah. So we're like. So Randy and I were thinking like, have they has lies? Sh- no, <laughs> all of you. No, no, no. no. One hundred percent true for the verification <laughs> of this joke. I'm telling you right now. Randy? Last time was in Austin in 2000. So Austin, Texas, 2000, right outside of Austin. I think it's called the Yellow Rose. We were there in 2000. That was the last time. Yeah. And we were our, with at, doing comedy there. Somebody with was the stripping to an outfield song. Yeah, right? probably. That's, that's how long and it was. Like, and it wasn't a retro song. It was like of It was the a day. current outfield song. So Randy and I their, are thinking. Their new album. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, it was, the the actually, it was actually the outfield. They were there playing. Um, <laughs> that's no, where they falling. They were parking cars and they were also playing. Doing a little bit so, of it. So Randy and I were thinking like I I wonder if strip clubs have like progressed. They definitely have had to get updated. Like into, baby strollers. Right. Like every year, there's a new model that's so our, our smartphones. The McLaren of, yes! of strip clubs. Like so, my question is, if you probably don't need cash anymore. Like every stripper has a square in her vagina that you just sweep it down. There you go. Swipe, swipe it through. Swipe it through. Swipe your credit card. If you like the champagne room, definitely has free Wi-Fi, right? If you no spend question. enough money, money, you can just. Log I think down. you can get a better table would, at OpenTable.com. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even want to know what the password protection would be on that. I'd plug in and swipe. Is disease free? There's no protection. There's no password. There's no password. No, the password is the password is dead eyes. Is that? The blank stare of a cow. The blank stare. <laughs> the thousand mile stare Stretchy. that this is. Oh, I just so it wrong. has to be updated, right? right. It has to you be would new. Think so we got to figure that out. Well, I, I I don't I don't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't Seriously, know. by the way, two thousand nine no for me. That's still that's long a long time. time. It's five Smartphones years. have come a long that's way. I mean. in five years. Are you I, pleading I the, the fifth? I the fifth. No. <laughs> dude. I've, when was the last recently, time? When was the last? This no, calendar year? Haven't you guys been this, to bachelor parties? This like, calendar year? You're forced to yeah, go this as calendar part year? of the... Uh, this calendar year? No, no weddings yet this year. So uh, <laughs> that's coming up this weekend back in that's No weddings this <laughs> year. Yes. Thus, you haven't been to a strip club. It's <laughs> no. what you just essentially said. <laughs> like, exactly what he said. Bachelor parties... You know, it's like he's in advance of the weddings, in not advance, like you not, didn't go to a wedding no, no, and use the occasion to attend. No, come on, I have I have a soul here. Really. I but saw. Wait, wait, wait. But at what point does it become like you trying to befriend guys who are in long-term <laughs> relationships that look like they're going to turn to marriage, to marriage. No, just so you can go, go to? The, I'm not a I'm not a strip club guy. Really, I did I'm see not, a, but, an, uh, a local news report lately from the local news where something 
guess what happened in a strip club mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. you know it's the it's the person doing the the, the, the stand up i'm yeah, standing here yeah. live <laughs> where something happened 12 hours ago it's back to girl. you well, so it, it, they were standing in front of the place the establishment that was called a gentleman's club well that's now what that's from a different era. When right? I go to well, when I club. go to a strip club, I definitely wear the tails and, and I definitely wear a top hat and a scepter. You're the, like the, you show up as the monopoly. <laughs> and, right? a and a monocle, even though I don't need it, a monocle. No, but let's be honest. All right, we we both have girls. We have children. We have yes. girls. Once you have a baby daughter, you can't look at a stripper without being like, at some point in your life, early on, your parents or the parent that was around was proud of you for taking your first steps. So, that's the, the man who's going to be posing in Hustler magazine, <laughs> right? <laughs> True. Like there was, <laughs> there was a time when you sat on someone's lap and it was adorable. <laughs> now it's just a scene. now it's commerce. It's commerce. Just flat money well, changing. Let me swipe my square. I didn't get it through last time. Let me, <laughs> let me swipe the square. <laughs> it's like attached to their g string. Like so. Zip. Jesus. Horrible. Zip it. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm I clearly know. the only one that's been honest here today on this uh, subject. I'm telling true. you, it's not, not true. true at all. I have not been. I have not. I think the one, there was like one or two bachelor parties that we couldn't go to because we were performing at, performing while they were having. We're older than you, too. I yeah, think no, our friends are married. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I think we, once you're, like, if you're in the 30 range, get ready. Yeah. See, but I also, time. I also understand to bring this podcast full circle. Bring it around. I understand that I am. The face of a well, That's business. the thing. That's right. And I brand. understand. You're part of a brand. I understand mm-hmm. that where I go mm-hmm. and with whom I hang right. is important. That's right. And it's my job to stay away in this world of branding and optics from places like that. How many, just name, how many of these blogs mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. out there, these mm-hmm. sports blogs yes. that are out sports there, grid. would love Larry Brown to sports, get all those. me yeah. in a spot like that. L- and they would lo- I mean, and, and How you, many of them? And yeah. you would pay all for them. All of them. All of them. All and of them. you would pay for your life. We were reading about Bryant McKinney. Uh, he just got, he was on the Vikings, but then I guess Vikings. he got cut. Yeah. He just really got cut from the Vikings. He was just sued by two strip clubs. For not paying the tab. For like not a, paying $375,000. He settled for like one fifty. Guys, when it gets to like 200000 that's on the strip club, that's right? That's on them. That's they on them like, being like, hey, you got to pay this up, bro. You're at about 200000 You think you might want to send us a check. But the other thing is like for 375000 you should be able to own a stripper. You should probably be able to buy your own stripper. And so, and so you make, a, club, you make a 50 cents on the dollar deal with a gentleman's club? Is he that did. And happened? the guy who owned the gentleman's club was rapper Trick Daddy's father trick so daddy's trick daddy's daddy, daddy. Take, it, take it to the house Isn't yeah. that trick, like da- trick daddy's daddy <laughs> took it to the house yeah. but are those ba- is it like library books are they <laughs> overdue lap dances tri- yes, they tropic are. of cancer <laughs> tropic of capricorn yes Sorry, that's exactly right they're over Gosh. like overdue so library books. i i'm i i you could never go one of the first things you i was never. told by uh folks in the nfl before going to the first super bowl we covered do not do not go there don't, Don't go do there. It. Like, just do us a favor, and I'm like, guess what? I would. Uh, that's I'm not. not I'm not, yeah. I, That's yeah, yeah. not where I'm going to spend my time anyway. I appreciate the heads up, but I've never been told what to say or what to do in my job. Except, except right there. Don't go there. You're going because the first one was in Houston, which you know is yep. there's a few of those places. There are a few of those places, so, and they ship like knows. more sex workers right. in. Like they're just like it's well, that the, I wouldn't know. People in of unaffiliated just like <laughs> so. Ship bottom it line is bottom line is get them to the hotel. That's the uh, we're we're full. <laughs> no, 
No, just don't. <laughs> don't. No, I'm saying that happens. <laughs> no. Don't no. even hang out at. No, but I'm that saying don't even. That's my bottom line. Don't Hold even on. hang out at the Wait, hotel. Let bar. him get out his bottom line. <laughs> it's very important that my bottom line is uh, properly line. Uh, established. established and communicated, certainly since I'm in a contract year. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure of all that. Mm-hmm. But mm. bottom line is, I wouldn't go to those places no. anyway. No. And in this day and age. If you're in charge of an organization or perceived to be, which is what people, you know, how many people come up to me and say, do this, do that on network. And just as Jerry would say about, about how he can't just get you in the entourage movie. I can't, I can't get you a gig. I can't figure that out. I'm just a a wheel in the cog of machine, but people think I am. People think you program. And so I've got to figure out what to do and what I can't do. I just want to make it clear. And I've been here 11 years. Yeah. So when I said I haven't been to one in 15 years, that's the truth. It goes way back. Yeah, goes way back. Way All right. Somebody. So I'm not lying. Don't <laughs> stop lying. lying. He's not lying. He's it's an optics branding situation. Right. It, it, you well, have no. to be careful. So, so that... I'm the only bad husband here. So no, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, no. So come on, buddy. Do you have kids? No. They'll say you're not a bad husband. Yeah, Wait till you have a daughter. You're, you're, just a, you're just a future bad father. Yes, yeah. there we go. You'll be a bad father. <laughs> no, get it out of your system now because you won't be able to. You're a future horrible dad. <laughs> Honestly, horrible. going to a strip club when you have daughters is like brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice. <laughs> There's just no way to get the bad taste out of your mouth. That is exactly the way it is. Like Has it, anyone ever broken that do, down scientifically you know, as why your, your mint and citrus so don't bad. mix? Mint and citrus <laughs> don't mix. Kids so, and strippers. So my, Kids and strippers so don't my, mix. My, my mint Citrus gum idea is not going to work. You're, is, on, you're on. You're on your own with that. One. <laughs> that doesn't fit That's the brand. Bad branding. Yeah, speaking of, but remember when Matt Liner was caught in his own hot tub with girls of legal age, right. and everyone tried to make a story out of that. That's the standard that you're held to. Yeah. Well, do point. you guys have a problem with what Manziel was doing this past weekend? No, I actually don't. Abs- if look, what if you're Browns fans? Browns, and you're hoping this guy's the real deal. They're wishing Sam Bradford had, had that much. But how does money. that yeah. make, how does that make him less of a real deal if pre if he wasn't he's... learning his plays and if they felt like he was just this is a league where Tony Romo in the playoffs went to Cabo in his off week and got blasted. got blasted. That's during the playoffs. This what? What's playoffs. the big deal? He's still he, it's very different. Playoffs. For what? You can't even you don't even know who you're playing. You don't even know you're playing. I mean, you want to take three days of, 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 of a break. You just got into the bye week. His What's coach, the big deal? His coach said that he was On your philosophy, I'm just saying this is a business. This is the business that they have chosen to use yep. the Hyman-Roth phrase. And this business, way the way it works is if you're a quarterback, you're in, you're in the tank. You're not running off with Gronk. I think You're a, not. I think a Certainly if you come into the league with is that a lot issue. Than May. I, th- I agree with you. I think he now has what he's done is he's put a little more pressure on him and on himself. And you, you say to yourself, I, this is a, the first thing I said. Mm-hmm. Would Russell Wilson have done that? No way. Exactly. And he won the would Super Bowl. Pey- would Peyton have done it? We Peyton just said Bridgewater on. Bridgewater moved to, to Minnesota the minute he got drafted. And he and there are no strippers in Minnesota because they're them. wearing coats. <laughs> the love boat happened. In By the way, if and if Bridgewater would have gone, he would have made it a non-issue, and it all would have been water under the bridge. Water, water. nicely yes. done. Well, he would have been with Brian McKinney, and they would. Mm-hmm. No, that that guy pay later. <laughs> what do you think of the Rams? What do you think of your Rams? What do you think they? they you I like love what they, they done? love what they did in the draft. Again, we talked to Les Snead a, a couple of years or two years ago, year yeah. and a half ago, yeah. and he said we're going to be good in three years. We're going to be good in two years because we got all these draft picks. We're going to be good. The big thing is, and this is it. It's all about Sam Bradford. How now? If he doesn't do well, and Johnny they, Man- they just doubled down on him, they're like, we're all in on this. This guy. is it. This, this is, is it. it. 
So you better. Sean have, Hill is their safety net. I mean, that's not much of a safety net. <laughs> I mean, we're we're. Sean Hill was that Temple. This no, <laughs> who's the Sean Hill? Is, Sean Hill was the backup in Detroit. Yeah, that's right. San Francisco right. I mean, forever. Essentially, you're treading water with that guy. So can Sam Bradford do it? That's the question. We got him protection. We got a great running. Back. I mean, I think defensively, Trey Mason, Trey, Trey Mason, I think Trey Mason was a steal. I think steal. I watched him. I watched so many Auburn games last year, and I'm like. This guy, what I love about him is he's not just fast, but he's super tough, and I think that's what. And also, guys, Zach Stacy is a different runner, and so you're yeah, gonna you're gonna, you're actually gonna be able to come in with. And I love Jeff Fisher as a coach. I think he's a winner. I think he was the right guy for St. Louis. Problem is, we're in the toughest. Yeah, the problem is the ever. two best teams in the NFL are in your division. Right. So, what are you gonna do there? That's that's what's gonna be hard. But, but they'll be better. I think they'll be better. But it's I think their defensive, you could start four first-round picks. I know, and that's why we talked about on our last podcast that Michael Sam making that line is going to be uh, uh, difficult for him. And well, we, did, we, did, him? we did talk about Michael Sam up, down, left, and right with uh, Charles Davis and Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah. And the minute we were done with the podcast, five minutes later it came out that Oprah and him were going to do a, 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 a documentary together. And it took three news cycles for that thing to get know. put Washed. away and finished up. Is he? So, but he's not going to do it now. Or no. He's well, not. here's and here's the thing. The, here's the thing is, uh, um, I believe Darren Ravel tweeted out. I and I I felt the need to tweet back at him. Yeah. He tweeted out that uh, in the middle of this whole mm-hmm. issue that had popped up, that rightfully so because. It flew in the face of everything. It, it flew, flew in, in the face of everything the way they handled it so perfectly. They, it did. It did. He said, I, I just want to be known as a football player that flew in the face of that, yep. that wherever I go, it will not be a problem just because I'm an openly gay man in the locker room. It won't, won't be a, be a circus. It won't be a distraction. It flew in the face of that. It flew in the face of the guys who made his dream come true. You're now putting that on their lap to, yep. to, to swat it down, which the Rams did. Ravel, in the middle of all of it, tweeted out, you know, uh, Oprah's network has told Michael Sam that it will not shoot him at OTAs or training camp or anything of that like or something like that. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I sort of tweeted back and I'm like, that that would be news if they say they won't be shooting him during those right. those times. It would be news if they said they would be shooting, you know, at those places. That the, the that determination is yeah. the Rams. That's, the Rams determine the whether Rams. they're at those places. Who do you not want to let in or not? It's yeah. just like you know, the same same thing is that Oprah has also decided not to shoot Michael Sam at the White House, right. the Kremlin, atop the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> yeah, right, right. and also on uh, planet. Uh, we will uh, not shoot him in Antarctica. Planet, that's good to know. Yeah, planet Saturn and the surface of the Moon. They won't shoot him there either. Well, they've decided they're not going to shoot them there. But if they if they're saying that we're not shooting you during those events, then that's huge because well, then what else are we going to see him but go shopping yeah. during those things so the whole thing was just it seems opportunistic nuts. from oprah's i'm like this is why oprah should not own a network first of all she has as much money as she needs what are you doing i appreciate you it seems so opportunistic to jump on this thing to me as soon as the rams drafted him i thought "Ooh, i hope the rams are the hbo hard knocks uh, that to me would be very cool i don't know who HBO's well i don't think I, they have not decided yet. I, they, they have decided. not decided yet but teams but that to me would have been Rams are one of the choices. That to yeah. me would have been like, oh, I want to see this kind of get played out through something like that, or you know, or, or some sort of thing like that. To the Oprah angle, I kind of immediately said, 
Ugh, what is happening? No, 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 no. This I, is not what you well, want to do. Here's, here's, here's the way that I, I, I don't speak for the league, even though I just said that you know people view me that I did. I thought you did, man. I don't think you're ever going to see the Rams on Hard Knocks this year because the last. Well, I think the way the league wants this thing to play out it's is small. the way that Michael Sam has said up to the point of the Oprah thing small. to play out. It's just that he's a football player, right. and let's go see him play football. And so if they show up on Hard Knocks, then suddenly the league could be accused of exploiting it it for their own documentary purposes. That's never going to happen. Certainly after Michael Sam's documentary idea got squelched within two seconds flat. The whole thing was even also the the fan base to whom that uh, to which uh, Michael Sam needs to or may feel the need to introduce himself does not watch the Oprah Winfrey network. Right. Nobody. You're never no. going to you're going to get other people involved in Who's in, wa- I mean who, I don't the know. people who watch Oprah Win- the Oprah Winfrey network are not the They're hardcore not, football it's not fans like, that might have a problem for some reason like, with what's on play. the NFL network. Uh now nah, I'm going to go over to Oprah. It, 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 never, I don't think own. that's I don't think that's, that's really never happened. happened. So thought, the whole thing from beginning to end was just a bad idea. Bad call. And I'm I'm glad that that got taken care of, and and hopefully you know because you know Michael Sam has got a major he's major a, lineup to crash. Yeah, he's got a major lineup. I mean, to do crack. you think that they 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 do like a different package with him and maybe sort of treat him like a linebacker? Who's I like think he's just going to be a rush guy. He's going to be a specialist. Yeah, he'll come like in. A rush You'll end, see him on special teams, long. special teams, and and when they when they need to get somebody the DPR to, right Doesn't to get, get some pass rush. yeah. You to, know, it's, it's interesting. I, at least I, that's the idea. That's, but I mean, they by the way, Robert Quinn's a pretty damn good pass rusher. Sure. Chris you, Long's a pretty damn good pass rusher. But what if Michael Sam can do in the way of I was listening to Eric Spolstra talk about Chris Bosh and he was like, yeah, he got twenty five points last night. Did you hear that? Yeah, was like, yeah, I got twenty. 25 points last night, but he Spolster did something, and I've never been like the biggest Spolster fan, but this made, won I, me I, over yeah, this big time. He was like, there's a lot of things that the basketball player does that you guys can't see and don't know about. And I don't blame you, but you guys just don't know what you're talking about. Like, So everyone can be like, hey, he got nine points. Right. But he did 18 things that allowed the other guys to do what they do. So what happens if Michael Sam comes in? draws some attention and he doesn't get the sack but now that opens it up for these Maybe. other really talented guys to come in. I hope in. we get to see it. In, t- I hope in we terms get to of the, see uh, the doc though well, didn't, I, I think to that community it could be a very important thing to see. My take was do what if you want to document it, have it come out in two years and have films do it like they did with Belichick. That's Don't right. tell anyone you're doing it. Oh, that's a great document idea. Document it. That's yeah. actually and then a in great. Two or three years. That's do a great. That's a great idea. That I way, mean, you hear stories about the guy. Listen, who, there's no question that he has a message and it, yeah. an inspirational one, certainly yeah. for people who are who 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 need to have the path uh, taken before them. No doubt about it. But doing it within 48 hours of being drafted, yeah, that, it seems, seems like you're jumping. It's just too opportunistic. nuts. And, and especially since clearly nobody had asked the Rams. Nobody had asked the Rams. Nobody had either told the Rams or said, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to need access to your training camp and also your OTAs and yeah. not for just ever, one guy. Right. Which in itself, it doesn't matter what the story is. No one would want that. One guy in a in a team sport locker room, the whole thing was just It would alienate him even further. But how great that St. Louis, you know, you can do what you want and what you will with your seventh round pick. You really can. I mean, it is what it is. And we can go back and look at the numbers and see how well those guys have performed throughout the league. You know, and of course there are undrafted free agents like Danny Woodhead who comes in and plays fantastic. But, you know. 
they just they made such a great call to pick this guy up in this spot. It makes the Rams look so good. It's St. Louis. He's played in the Edward Jones Dome before. Being Mizzou a Missouri fans, yeah. Mizzou fans are kids who graduate and then go back. We know because we I mean, live we grew, in St. Louis. We grew up with Mizzou being a perennial doormat. Yep. in the Big yeah. Eight. That's who they were. The Big Eight was Oklahoma. It was Nebraska and it everyone was, else. And everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mizzou everyone else. You terrible. maybe beat Kansas. Texas wasn't in it. Though. Texas Colorado, was not in it. Colorado. 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 And we were in it in a time where one year they were good with Phil Bradley, who later went on to play for the Mariners as a quarterback. That's the only time they were good in Phil 79. Bradley and James Wilder, those teams. Like, so that's it. So now, like, you know, what Pinkle has done with that team and made them, like, they walked into the SEC yeah, no. and dominated. This guy was the, the defensive player of the year in the SEC. Yeah, so with C.J. Mosley, who was the first-round choice. First-round pick. Who, yep. by the way, during this conversation, signed his rookie deal. Did he? Did he the really? Ravens. Yep. Oh, that's Fantastic. great. They also signed E.J. Gaines from Mizzou. And an hour before e. this, apparently Missouri, during the Ferrara um, interview, Sean Lee was taken off the field for Cowboys practice OTAs. as he was helped off the field e. at OTAs. How where, hard do you go at OTAs, by the way? I mean, I it's like you're trying to make a team. You're trying to show them that you can hit, yet ah, it's his left knee. Yep. Oh, oh, my Lord. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Don't love that. No bueno. No bueno. You don't want anything near the knee. Nope. So a Sklarbro country on the Earwolf label yep. uh, at Sklar Brothers. We just uh, had our 200th episode. Good for you, you guys. Congratulations. Congrats. So Sklarbro country. Yeah. Um, and um, also uh, this, this weekend, the 29th through 31st at the Up. This is one of the best comedy, comedy clubs in club. the country. It's so good in Chicago. It's such a great comedy city. It's right above Second City, upstairs from there. Uh, Thursday, we're going to do a live podcast. We've got oh, Colt, Colt Cabana. Have you ever had him on the wrestler. show? Phenomenal. Wrestler. Phenomenal pro, pro, pro wrestler. wrestler. Funny. Really Lives funny. in Chicago. TJ Jagodowski is one of the best improvisers He's out He's in there. the Sonic commercials, the blonde-haired guy. In the okay. One of the two guys in those, those great Sonic, the epic Sonic commercials. And, uh, you know, and all the other characters and stuff. Dan, who, who does uh, Wahlberg and other yeah. characters, he'll be on the show. And then Friday and Saturday night, we're doing stand-up. And those shows are Great. I know you have a lot of listeners in Yeah, Chicago, sure. So, so people want to attend an actual taping of up, your podcast. Yeah, go to upcomedyclub.com and you can get your tickets. Okay. Really fun. And then, of course, the special. I mean, on Rich, Netflix. again, Netflix, oh, you can get yeah, it on okay. iTunes. Don't even watch it for us. Watch it for Rich. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> or Dwight Freeney, who crushed it, by the hilarious. way. Terrell Thomas, crushed too. It. Of the Giants. Crushed. Everyone has their moment. That's what I loved about it. We worked really hard to, Randy and I wrote it. And first of all, when we cut it together, that first chunk yep. thing was like seven minutes long we're like this can't yeah, be seven can't be, i know and we we're like i don't want to lose any of it right. i love all of it and then we slowly whittled it down and whittled it down and got it to like it's three and tight. a half it's funny it's, it's funny how'd you guys get freeney why freeney uh you know because i we talked to a friend of ours this guy scott rogowski who does a sh he did a live show in new york called 12 angry mascots and they did a lot of stuff with uh with athletes and stuff so they, he was connected with a lot of agents he said i know this person and this person i will give you their numbers because we were like we got to get real yeah, guys yeah. real real guys in there and so we spoke to this woman and said, Dwight Freeney would be, what about Dwight Freeney? And I said, oh, my God, this guy's, in my opinion, future Hall of Famer. He knows what he's doing. He, I, he seems like a cool, confident guy. He's funny. Let's get really him in funny. here. And he was really funny. Again, it. we had our expectation for we what we We said to these guys, we're like, what you will get out of this is tons of people who may know them, may not know them, will become fans of them. Just yeah. in a second, and yeah. you'll prove that they can do comedy. Good, and and good, people good loved pitch. you on our, and people loved you on our podcast. So like all of our I fans who for that will, you know, just be so happy. I think it's just cool to be able to do this the right way. Yeah, 
It was a good working relationship. And it's unlike right. any other comedy. We've watched a lot of comedy specials on Netflix since we knew we were going there. And this is unlike any other comedy special. Because See, of that. so it is sort of the the, the gag. You you looked yeah. at game film. We looked at, looked game, at game, game film. film. Totally. You know, we so just it's met. Not too far off. Here. We not just we off. just met Peyton Manning in. Uh, yeah, in Omaha. that's the last thing I want to hit with you. He was amazing. Uh, and get in, your, in get, Omaha, you get, were yeah, in get, Omaha. Yeah, get your get your international shot it. out of the week. Right? I got one ready. So yeah, that's the last thing. A Benet Brith. Benet Brith. Uh, did a sort of... They, they give out every year to the top male and female athlete in the state of Nebraska. They do a dinner, and it raises money for B'nai B'rith, who does great things for the community of yep. Omaha. And we were in B'nai B'rith as kids in St. Louis, and Omaha was part of our region, and one of our friends from camp, from B'nai B'rith and from Michigan, yes. is the head of the board there and asked us if we would come in and host this thing. And we thought, sure, let's do it. Why not? It'll be fun. A chance to meet Peyton. I bet he's a good guy. You never know. Oh, he is. But he is... He is, in my opinion, the best, most down-to-earth, most present superstar, and we met a lot of superstar athletes, superstar athletes That's I have true. ever met He's the in reigning MVP of the NFL, and you've got- a, Four times over. Four times over, broke records last year, and he is, they were doing an auction before the show and about a signed Peyton Manning football. And he's standing back in the kitchen with us, like giving us some things that he, he wants. He said, talk about this, talk about the talk, talk about my co-. And we, because we were interviewing him afterwards on, on stage, stage in front of 1,200 people. So we said, okay. And then he's like, hang on a second. He's like, I bet they want me in there to throw out the footballs to the guys who buy them. That's going to make it worth more money to these guys, right? Leaves us, walks on stage, isn't asked to do this. Because you know athletes, if you're going to show up at the thing, are going to be like, hey, I'm going do? in my green What's room. What's the least yeah, amount no, that right. I can do? He goes on stage and is whizzing footballs around this Near ball like <laughs> cocktail wieners. And, and, and you go, the guy is just there. He knows he's there and he's giving to this show. And I'm like, I love this guy for that. Fantastic. And he said B'nai B'rith. He mispronounced it three times. Did he, he really? got it right. He called it B'nai B'rith. B'nai B'rith. And then he fixed it and then it was a joke and then he was really funny. He just, he just, he literally <laughs> called a B'nai B'rith audible at the line. He did. I was like, Omaha. you read the In field. Omaha. And he, he read talked it. about Omaha and talked about what it meant. But like, we got to, we got to do comedy. So we are doing stand-up. We're hosting, I'm seeing this event. So we do about 10 minutes of stand-up at the top and we don't know you how You didn't it's work blue for the B'nai uh, no, but we we, we got, edged, we we got, to, got to the edge. You walked to we the got line. To the edge. Oh, we light, light blue. Like there's there's a blue. joke in our special about Lance Armstrong that we did that that there was a moment where all the people on the dais because we're up on a dais. It's and, like Johnny Rogers and like you know it's good good Bull, Nebraska the, people. And and Peyton's like a seat next to us, and we do this joke about Lance Armstrong, and we know it's going to be like it's going to push the edge, and people laugh, and I look over, and like everyone on the dais at that moment like goes to take a drink of water like in the middle at the end of that joke because they were like if I laugh at this I don't know what it's going to make me yeah no so they, they so had a Peyton is at the water and he because you knew it's he was like he was laughing in yeah. it it was it was, it was really great fun. it was it was a really Peyton is a wily veteran he went for the water went to the water he knew to go to he the water he was just great so anyway awesome. I was talking to him we asked him about SNL and he said the sketch that everybody talks about is when I'm whipping the footballs at these kids which was the most yeah. one of the best SNL athlete United sketches United ever. Way sketch United yeah. Way sketch whipping in at balls of the kids he said Nerf balls, and he said, "I remember there was one parent who actually yelled at me because I didn't throw it hard enough at their kid." <laughs> so I said this to Peyton. I was like, "Peyton, ever the perfectionist, did you afterwards request to see the dailies, the footage of that shoot?" 
just to see how to well. film. So that the next time you throw footballs at kids' heads, you would yeah, do a better job. And he said, there was one pass that I threw. That I wish I had. That I, no, he said, there was one pass that I threw to a kid long and nailed a kid in the head. And I, he said, that was one of the best passes oh, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've <laughs> ever thrown in my life. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. I was like, Peyton, you unbelievable man, you. Fantastic. Phenomenal. Great guy. That is great. That's great. And I just love that move where they drink to make sure that they're not seen laughing. Yeah. I was at a Such baseball a writers thing. award show years ago, years ago when I was on Sports Center and I was covering baseball and the comedian Bill Sheft. Do you know Bill? Sure. Yeah, he, he writes he for used Letterman. To, he right? used to warm up Letterman all the time. All big cigar. Oh yeah. He guy. was great. And it was it was when the Yankees were winning all their World Series, so the dais was filled with filled with them because they were winning all the awards too, the postseason awards. Yeah. And on the left side of the dais was Tory and Steinbrenner and uh, on the right side was Jeter, Cone, and I think Clemens was up there too. Jesus. And there's Sheft right in the middle and doing his bit, and this was when Chuck Knobloch was the second baseman, and mm-hmm. it was so bad throwing the ball. Remember, he hit yeah, Oberman's the mom in the Sasser head. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he hit Oberman's mom. Oberman's mom. <laughs> <laughs> he overthrew. He 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 airmailed first base, and the ball hit one fan in the head. And of all people, it was Keith, Keith Oberman's mother. Oh, phenomenal. So Bill Sheft goes, Chuck Knobloch, man. Oh, he's got so many problems throwing the ball. And the room just starts murmuring. And you look at the dais, and Torrey and Steinbrenner look thoroughly uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. as do the rest of the Yankees. And he goes... He's so bad, they should send him to Cuba to overthrow Castro. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great joke. Wow. And Tory and George, Tory took the drink of water. Mm-hmm. The water. George was stone-faced, and on the other side of the dais, Cone, Jeter, and Clemens had their hands over their mouths, and they just ducked down. Yeah, because <laughs> they know. You gotta hide it. I can't. You gotta hide that. That was one of the greatest lines. He's so bad, they should send him to Cuba to, to overthrow, overthrow Castro. Castro. Yeah. What a beautiful job. All right, the Sklar brothers. Check them out uh, at the Up uh, Comedy Club in Chicago, the mm-hmm. 29th, 30th, and 31st. The 29th is when you can watch a uh, live taping of the uh, of, podcast. Of, of your podcast. Sklarbro Country. Sklarbro Country. Uh, what do you have for your international shout of the week? As I we got wrap Craig the show Galloway at Galloway Craig. He's a huge Patriots and REP fan in Jeffreys Bay, South Africa. Oh, uh, looking for the international shout out. Thanks Africa. for listening, buddy. Nice. He's the Solid. Joey Galloway of international fans. He is. It's like can bench press eight hundred pounds and be traded for two number one picks. That's be right. traded for two number one picks. Law. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thanks for having us over for the barbecue. Yeah. That was a good, some good stuff. It. Great time. That was fun. Thanks for coming on. Chris is. Randy, good to Chris see you. See you, guys, uh, see you guys at a strip club well, in 2028. <laughs> Fight club. We don't talk and, about uh, Fight club. Uh, sorry, we don't talk about it. Let me know about Hustler. I'll help you guys out. Uh, of course. So well, you, you're yeah, in on the casting I'm, I'm session. The you're I'm in on the casting session. i got to dig myself out of this with the wife now. You know she listens back. Oh, boy. Check out the Sklar Brothers on Twitter, at Sklar Brothers, at Jerry C. Ferrara. I want to thank him for coming on. I didn't get to say this. I've been tweeting at Geraldine Ferraro that she's going to be great in the Entourage movie. Wrong. And she will be great. No response. She will be great. But that's no Ferraro. What's crazy is Ferraro. I, I was asking Jason. And she's also no longer with us. No. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but her Twitter, <laughs> but her Twitter <laughs> feed is phenomenal. It's like, but like Tubac. Tubac dies and he puts out 11 albums. She dies and her <laughs> tweets are amazing. Her, tweet, her tweets on the Oscars post-death were just incredible. We're, we're, we're but uh, you, you guys were in the Entourage show and I, when you walked in I didn't put two and two together. I'm like, oh, do you know Jerry? And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you guys have 
We know him none, of our, none of our scenes were with him, but uh, but we got to know him, and I, I love him, and he's just a, a great good guy. Man. Good dude. Good Wait, are you guys in the movie? Not in the movie. Not in the movie. Because he didn't ask. No. He didn't ask. Oh. I saw Doug Allen. I just didn't want to didn't <laughs> yeah. push it. Didn't want to push it. Uh, at Chris Law, at Chris Brockman, oh, and also Teddy Bridgewater, who's yeah. at Teddy underscore H2O. Yeah, we got to get that changed. I mean, we got to get that changed. He's at Teddy B underscore. What the hell is It's all water. It's all Bridgewater. Nicely done. It's a lot. Uh, thank him for coming on, too. I'm at Rich Eisen for At The Eisen Podcast. Peace out. Stay listening, friends.